The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast live. This is episode number 255. We are live as always on youtube and on facebook and today's date is tuesday august 16th 2022 if you're out there in the live chat go ahead and say something we don't know if you're out there unless you do if you're new to the channel new to the show then make sure you tell us that you're new and we won't make fun of you too terribly bad and we hope not to uh, make you any dumber you know can't promise it but we're going to try we're definitely not going to make you any smarter but we're going to try not to make you any dumber if you want to call or text into the show, yes, you can call or text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. If you're a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole in the darkness and you're looking for that light, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you any medical advice, but... I can probably be a pretty decent ear and listen and talk you through some stuff. If you are looking for someone that can get you towards some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing and able to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So I implore you, please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, one 800 273 8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. As always, we are spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, see the website marines.com. And as always, we are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. So go check out all your favorite pro-gun, pro-2A podcasts over on selfdefenseradio.net. Now let me get this off of my ugly mug and bring in our Quasi co-host at this point, riding shotgun is always with us from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus. I mean, uh, Leprechaun himself. What's up, Clove? Yo. What's up, man? Chilling like a villain, man. Styling and profiling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that. there you go. I don't know. <laughs> I want to like what villain. Everybody out there seems to think Thanos. So we'll go with Thanos. Chilling like Thanos. Thanos is, Thanos is a good one. Uh, man, that needs to be like, man, that's a great one. Um, like Joker, great villain. The one that gets me that will probably go down as the greatest villain of all time, but he's not, in my eyes, he's not the villain, is Darth Vader. Uh, but everyone sees Darth Vader is, you know, uh, the villain, not in my eyes. I think that he is, he's the hero, you know? Yep. Yep. He is the chosen one. He's a chosen one, and he did balance the force eventually, you know? Yep. We, we thought. We thought. Um, we thought at one point, but uh, spoiler alert. Well, he didn't. The The prophecy never was that they, it would ultimately be balanced. It was that he would bring balance to the force, and he did yep. bring balance to the force. At he least did. For a short period of time. 
like I said, we thought when he got rid of Palpatine or the Emperor, we thought later we found out that that necessarily wasn't the case, but uh, it is what it is. But yeah, uh, real quick, happy birthday to our favorite squid out there, Keith Gregory. Uh, has had a birthday uh, recently, so happy birthday to him. Uh, real quick, I want to say thanks and hello to all of our patrons and channel members out there. Uh, we really appreciate you guys, as always. We got a new channel member right before the show started. G-Webs became a YouTube member, so thanks, G. Appreciate you very much. Uh, if you're out there, like, let's, let's go run through the, the, the crowd real quick, give people time to come in. We've got uh, Mandatory Carrier. They're my favorite weirdos out there. Buck, the tactical FUD, 223 DMRs out there, G's out there. Um, let's see here. Snob's out there. This is well, 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 well. Uh, Sam, of Sam of Anarchy. What's up, Sam? Uh, RGG's out there. What's up, man? Uh, Chris from the 740. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. And I wish it was Shelly, but I think we're stuck with Rod tonight. But we'll take Rod. We'll take Rod. What's up, Rod? Uh, Guns and Barbecues up there. Uh, let's see here. TJ's out there. I don't know if he's working or not. He's got a freaking link if you'd like to join. Check your email, homie. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Charles Faulkner's out there. says, woo, I'm a former police officer of the Baltimore Police Department and Operation Iraqi Freedom Veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. We appreciate you very much. Uh, let's see here. Who am I missing? Keith Gregory's out there. TJ, I think I said all of them. Uh, Marcus is out there. See, Marcus thinks he's watching this week at Gearport. He comes in with the three yo's. I don't want the three yo's. I am okay with the single yo acknowledgement. I don't need overachievers. I'm okay with mediocrity. So a single yo is just fine in this house. Uh, don't let Jeff get you hooked on the three yo's i do not require the three yo's uh let's see here uh going through i think i might have skipped a few i apologize if i skipped a few it keeps jumping on me but that's all right uh clothes since you're riding shotgun as always uh what is this week's shotgun of the week let's go with um let's go one that i don't i don't break out of my collection very often but pretty cool so, you know, I'm a fan of H&R break actions, obviously. Mm -hmm. Let's go with the H&R Huntsman, which is Huntsman. on the outside. You would think, oh, it's a break action shotgun. It's actually a muzzle load break action shotgun. And they started building a Huntsman. A, yeah, it's not a modern thing. Um, I actually started building these, I think, back in like the 70s or something like that. Okay. okay. So pretty, uh, pretty cool. It's a it's a pretty cool little shotgun. So go search the H and R Huntsman if you're you interested. You would never know just by looking at it from afar without cracking it open that it was a muzzle loader. But it's got a breech oh, block really? in there, and yeah, it's got a breech block in there. And you you, know, you open it, put the primer in the uh, or the cap in there, and uh, well, be yeah. damn. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So how you been doing? You doing all right? Yeah, I've been better. Uh, okay. woke up to a leaking water heater this morning. So that's fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm -hmm. wow. So far, the plumber has not called me back, which I called him before lunch. <laughs> so of we'll course. see. Why, so why we'll would see. he do that? Yeah, and so why we'll would see. he want to call you back? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully that gets fixed soon. I know that, uh, 
Yeah, that sucks, man. We got uh, was it was a couple years ago, somewhere a couple years ago, our hot water a hot water heater went out, and we decided to go to a tankless hot water heater, and that is the best decision we ever made by far. Man, um, since we go propane, it's like eh. we're on propane too. Yeah, you know, I don't know yeah. about going tankless with a with a propane because don't you need with the ignition and all of that doesn't you like if your lights go out you're screwed still right uh no you you can you can manually um get it going if you need to but the problem with that is is if your electricity goes out and you manually ignite it you're gonna have to go and manually turn it off it's not gonna be one of those things that um once the once you turn the water off and all of that so the cool ah. thing about the tankless the great thing about tankless is you're never going to run out of hot water. Um, it just heats it as you need it. Um, and they're great. I, I, like I said, that's the best decision we ever, as far as home appliance stuff, best decision we ever made. My wife been wanting one for a long, long time. And uh, this time, uh, uh Oh, my sweetheart's out there. Hey fix. How you doing? Um, once when ours went out, we were like, you know what? If we're going to do it, let's do it. And we actually found one at Lowe's or Home Depot, one or two online. And our uh, plumbing guy came out and installed it for us. And man, it's it's wonderful. Love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying don't be afraid to look into one. Uh, they're really, really, really great. So, um, yeah, Marcus says his shotgun I'm starting to get rashes already, but he says his shotgun for August that the family is loving is a CZ sharp tail coach gun. You familiar or have any experience with that one there, Clove? Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know CZ makes good, pretty much good everything, but uh, their shotguns are uh, apparently surprisingly good. So yeah, they are. You don't, th when you, when you think CZ, you don't think shotgun, you know, yeah, you don't. When, you, when you think shotgun, you're thinking, well, you're either thinking like the Benelli Beretta era, or you're talking about the Rimming Through the Mossbergs and all of that. But uh, apparently, I've never, like, I, I might have shot one. If I did, I didn't do it knowingly. But I don't, to my knowledge, I've never shot a CZ shotgun, but I heard they're pretty nice. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. So, as you guys know, every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday, we put out our Ghost Tactical Polls out on our YouTube community tab, and we have some fun. We usually have two of them that are kind of fun and then one that is related to the channel and all of that stuff. So let's go through this week's polls. Last Thursday, 2,000 votes. What is your favorite style of food? You have Mexican, Japanese, Italian, Chinese, or other. Um, do you have a favorite? I think I know what you're going to say, Clove, but, um, do you have a favorite kind of ethnicity of food that you like? So Mexican and Chinese actually for me are fairly close. Now that being said, yeah. I live in Texas, so barbecue, it's, yeah. it's, it's, well, it's out of the two it's Mexican, but barbecue was that on the list? No, no. Okay. 
Okay. No. Because um, there's all kinds of barbecue as well. If I would have put um, barbecue down there, that would have been a landslide victory. Yeah, but barbecue depends on where you're at. Well, you know what I mean? The South, so, yeah, yeah. In the South, it's in the South, it's a thing. Up North, I think they they have it and they enjoy some barbecue. Down South, and especially in Texas, like barbecue is a way of life almost. You know. Yeah, but yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I I I dig on some Chinese food, but but yeah, Mexicans yep. Mexican takes the taco, yeah. so to speak. And and I think the the uh, the crowd, two thousand voters agreed. Mexican with forty two percent, Italian coming in second place with twenty six percent. I think there's a lot of pizza lovers out there. Uh, Japanese and Chinese come in at twelve percent. And other at seven percent, and there were forty-seven different comments, and a lot of them were saying American, you know, American. I, I, I get, but what is American food like to me? When I think American, it's hamburgers and barbecues and hot, uh, you know, something you can cook on a grill. But honestly, yes, you know. steaks, steaks, barbecue, you know, burgers and dogs—that's American to me. But there's really not like the, an American cuisine. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, and I mean a lot of that is influenced by other things, and and it really, sure. if you ever, if you ever want to get, what's the word, patriotic, nostalgic, whatever, with like the whole yeah. American experiment, experiment, and you know the melting pot and all that, just look at food. Yeah, in this country, yeah. and I mean it's like it's obvious. Um, Absolutely, it's it's pretty crazy. What I was gonna say is that forty two percent that agreed with me on the Mexican food. Just want to mm. just want to remind those folks that uh, hashtag Tulsa Mexican food sucks. Sucks, yes, yes, and and snobs out there, and and as much as he likes to argue with this, he has to admit that there might be the occasional place in Tulsa that's decent. One, we haven't been there yet, and two, when you have to sit there and say, "Well, there's a couple that are good." That's not really good because at worst there should be there's a couple that aren't so good, but the rest of them are good. That's you know when you only have one or two that's good in an entire city, that's that's probably not good. Uh, okay, so Marcus threw up this. Okay, I could see that fried chicken. That's probably Americana as well. Sure, uh, fried anything, anything is basically America. Yeah, um, so yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean when when I think Americana food. For me, it's grill. It's something, burgers, dogs, chicken. You could grill chicken, uh, steaks, um, barbecue, and all of that. That That's, to me, that's American food. Um, it is what it is. But, yeah. Um, our next poll was, where would you rather vacation? We're going to talk cities here. London, Rome, Tokyo, Paris or Vegas, baby. Um, clove of those. If you were gonna so, go pick one of these to vacation in, we go to Vegas every year, right? So I'm gonna sure, throw that one sure. out the window just because it's like, eh. um, don't don't get me wrong, absolutely enjoy my time there, but uh, sure, sure, yeah. you know, had a conversation actually about this not too terribly long ago with I think some family members or something. And, you know, yeah. honestly, I mean, Japan, I, I would really, I'd really like to go maybe to Japan. So Tokyo probably for me. Yeah. Japan. Uh, obviously I am biased. 
um, love Japan. Uh, people like are great. Really thieves, modern, all, but they're really right. Like yes, really and no, and, and that's that. But that's the really cool thing about Japan. They're going to have really, really modern technology and buildings and all that built around thousands of year old temples right. and castles. And right. so they're very, very modern, but they also live in a very old school uh, culture that is big on tradition and big on uh, all of that stuff. So, yes, they are a modern city built around right. a very old culture which is awesome that's the cool thing about japan yeah it's like um, you know you look at you look at london what was the other one london and like rome london rome paris and so out, out of those two paris i could freaking care less um, now, but yeah. out of london and rome i mean rome by far right it's just because of history and everything but mm -hmm. here's the thing i mean japan like you said they've got that blend of modern western plus the old history Whereas Rome, yes. everything I've ever seen is like, it's just the old history, right? It's like, there's, yeah. there's no modern. And then it's like, I think, I don't know, maybe it's just a perception I get. I think the people in Japan would be a little people more are fun, amazing, right? Yeah. Here, here's the cool thing about the Japanese is they don't expect you to speak their language. Like the stories go in Paris like they make fun of anyone and they just look down upon if you don't speak French. Okay. It is what it is. Japanese, they don't expect you to speak their language. What they do expect is two things. One try. So the first thing I did when I got over there, we learned about 20 words. We were given 20 words that we needed to learn. Please. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Uh, different stuff like that. Uh, you're welcome. All of this stuff, you know, and we, we had this list of 20 words that if you use these words and you try to use them when you can, they'll respect right. that. And they'll, they'll appreciate that. More importantly, they want you to respect and appreciate their traditions and cultures. Right. Um, if, if you do that and you, tr and you don't disrespect them, right. they will bend over backwards to help you and make you feel welcome. Uh, they, right. That's my experience, obviously. Right. Right. So just be a good guest, basically. Is what they're be a good doing. guest. Absolutely. Be a and good guest okay and you'll be fine. You know, London for me, I've been to London uh, very brief. I, one thing about London, I don't think, and I never, I, I don't think that the food will be good there, right? I'm not a big fish eater. So the fish and chips thing, I'll eat the French fries, but they don't put ice in their sodas. They they don't serve cold beer, whatever. And, you know, it's just like, eh, that doesn't sound good to me. They call it their is cookies. what it is biscuits and i don't even know what they call their biscuits you know what i mean like, i don't even really? know if they have biscuits over there right to be honest with you i don't know right right um and and then rome now here's the thing about rome not necessarily the city of rome um i'm more interested in like venice florence and all of that um my wife and i have always said if we ever do like retire and just want to go take like a two-week Obviously not to Japan. We've been, obviously she's from there, but, been, but somewhere we've never been, we want to go to Italy and it's for no, not, not the history. Although I'm a, I'm a big history. I would like to see some of the old Roman empire and stuff like that. I probably go if I could, while I was there for at least a day or two, go over to Athens, Greece and see the old relics of, 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 of ancient Greece, which I think would be awesome. But Italy would be for me simply because of the food. Um, I would love to, um, 
eat over there. And I had a buddy of mine from here that was over there for their 30th wedding anniversary, I don't know, a few months ago. And they were there for about 10 days. And he said the food was amazing, but it is not what you would expect because what most Americans, as always, even with Mexican food, but uh, what most Americans expect out of your local Olive Garden is not how they eat over there. Uh, a lot of like anchovies and stuff like that are an authentic Italian food. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to go to Italy and eat food. Uh, that's probably of this list, you know, been to Japan, obviously have no desire to go to Paris. But I think, I think Rome slash Italy would be where I would choose. Um, 35% in first place agreeing with Clover is Tokyo. 35% they want to go to Tokyo. 28% say Rome, a little surprising. 21% say Vegas, uh, love Vegas, but, um, yeah, I guess I guess I would put it third, even though I've been there. I mean, a ton of times. I think I'd put Vegas above London and Paris. So um, I think I would agree with that. They have Paris coming in fourth place at nine percent, and London at eight percent. I probably flip those. I'd rather go to London than Paris. But other than that, I'd probably agree with all of that. Um, Tokyo, Rome, Vegas, third probably. It sounds bad. We go to Vegas every year, and I've been many, many, many times. I got married in Vegas. Um, I, I have no desire to go to to Paris. Paris. Absolutely none whatsoever. Um, so there you go. Uh, 1.9 thousand votes on that. Thank you, guys. And the poll that went out yesterday has got a little over 1,000 votes in a day. Um, coming off a video we put out over the weekend is a little – have a little fun. Do you consider yourself tactical or a FUD? Clove. Uh, Not even going to dignify that with an answer. <laughs> <laughs> consider we call him King or Actually, we don't call him King FUD anymore. He's super FUD. I think the chat knows what's up. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Right. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, 68% of the people picked the right answer, tactical. 32% chose the wrong answer, FUD, but that's okay. We'll let you stay. We won't kick you out. I sort of agree with that percentage. That's basically a third and two-thirds, right? Yeah, basically, and, yeah. And I think and that's, that's, about, that's probably about right. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's about right because, yeah, yeah, I would say that's probably, that's probably, a, that's fair. I agree with that poll. And Buck, I mean, he's called the tactical FUD, so I guess he could say he's both. You know, it's kind of like being a little, uh, a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll or something. A bit like rock that. and roll, sure, yeah. Now, now, would he be Marie? Here's or the Don thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Okay. You see more fuds that are accepting and knowledgeable about tactical than you see more tactical that are accepting and knowledgeable about fud. Just saying. I'm just saying I'll, that fuds I'll, are more I'll, inclusive. That's all I'm saying. Here's the thing. I'm going to say something that you have pointed out to me numerous times in the last couple of years. I think more of the tactical guys are more FUD yeah. than they think. Right. Um, yep. There are very few FUDs that 
are going to go and be tactical. There are some, but there, there, there are fewer FUDs that will cross that line into tactical than there are tactical people that cross line to FUD. But most of the tactical guys that cross the line to FUD don't really understand that they are to some, to some extent, you know? I don't know. Yeah, you got. You know, there's a lot of tactical fuds out there. What's that? No, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying to you is, I think that there are a lot of tactical guys that have fud. How do I put this? Well, that's what, what I is, just said. Is, so because because but they don't know it, but they don't well, know that they have fudish tendencies, it's, and it's built right into what I just said. Because fuds are more, more open minded about tactical firearms and that sort of thing, and more knowledgeable yeah. about that, right? Than the reverse, right? In a way, mm-hmm. the tactical guys are fuds in the connotation that people like to use it because they're not being inclusive. They're not being, yeah. they're not broadening their horizons or anything. So they're kind of in their own shell, right? Yeah. You know, I was on uh, CR42. I think that's his name. Man, I'm sorry. It's, it's been a while, like a year, year and a half ago. He asked me to be on his podcast, and he's a hunting guy down in Texas. And he was talking more about military stuff. He never, uh, never knew much about the military stuff. He was asking questions about all that. And he's a big hunter and all that. He's a self-proclaimed FUD down in Texas and all that. Um, we started talking about it. I said, look, here's the thing. You know, what you're explaining to me is talking about, he, he was talking about um, all year, if you're a big hunter, it's a year round process, whether it's prepping the land or uh, putting out decoys or putting out the feeders and, and tracking where they, you know, the animals are at certain times of the day, and all that stuff. And then setting up the stand or setting up the blind or setting up this and doing that and then getting clothes that, you know, uh, and then getting stuff that makes sure that they can't smell you and all, all of this stuff that goes into a hunt, right? Now, once again, I've never hunted an animal, so you know I, I'm speaking out of ignorance here. But all of the stuff that he was talking about, and I said, you know, that sounds kind of eerily familiar. He goes, "What do you mean?" And I said, "You know, you are probably more tactical than you think, and you show a lot of traits that would make you probably a good person in the military. All that stuff that you're talking about, spending the, the six months between, you know, this eight months between seasons and prepping the land and, and, and putting out trail cams and setting out decoys, all of that is surveillance and reconnaissance. That's all it is in military terms. Right. Then you've put on the right gear and, and make sure that you can't smell you or whatever and all that. Well, guess what? That's that's cover and concealment, you know, and then you're talking about um, taking a shot from a couple hundred yards, whatever. And I said, well, that, that, that's sniper school. And he was like, oh, he's like, oh, I didn't think about this. And I said, yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of similarities and things we do. We just call it different things or we have different missions or we have different objectives. But the hunt is a hunt, whether it's a human or it's an animal. The, the, the workup is the same. You want to make sure that your weapon systems are working well. You want to make sure that your tactics are good. You want to make sure that, you know, you've got enough trigger time to make sure that you're, you're set up, your rifle's zeroed, you've, you're, you've got good, you know, trigger control. All, all of this stuff, all of that is prep work. All of that is a workup towards the mission. And for us, a mission is something different than the hunters, but the, it's still a mission. The hunt's a mission. 
Um, so it's it's an interesting, you know, you can you can see a lot of parallels. We call them different things, but um, it's all the same. You know, it's 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 kind of entry. He's like, I never thought about it that way, and I was like, Yeah, man. You know, um, what I what I hear you say. What I hear you. What do you hear me here? saying? I, I think you're full of shit. But what do you what do you hear me saying? What I hear you saying here is stop labeling people. Quit putting people in boxes. Booyah! Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Let me get eating this ice cube real quick. Um. Let's see here. You're welcome, audio podcast world. Yes. Yes, you are. Uh, let's see here. Mandatory is here. He said the poll is rigged. He basically earlier said if anyone chooses Vegas, they're crazy. Vegas is is a really cool town. Um, there are just machine guns, aren't there? Yes, there are. Um, just like any other city outside of the tourist attractions, it's a hellhole and a shithole, just like any other big city. There are bad parts, but Vegas is a fun town if you know how to do it right. Uh, you can have a lot of fun in Vegas without gambling. Put it that way. Oh yeah. Um, let's see here. Sandy out there says he's more of a tactical fud as well. Uh, he says, "I guess I'm kind of a little buck then." Um, Would that be a fawn? Just saying. I want to start calling you. Ba- no, I want to start calling him Bambi. <laughs> start calling him Bambi. What's up, Bambi? Uh, let's see here. This is not necessarily true. Tactical, but have oh, but he has a deep appreciation for old rifles. So having a deep appreciation for old stuff, that was part of my video. And I said, you know, tactical guys like the modern guns and the FUDs, like 1911s and M1 Grands and Springfields and muzzle loaders and all that shit. Um yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of shooting all of those old-style guns, but appreciating and respecting them 100%. I mean, you know, I, I, I've been trying to get an M1 um, in, in the stable for a long I'm not going to pay the prices they are right now. But, um, but yeah, Warsaw's and M1s, also tactical. It was when it came out, for sure. Uh, the Springfield, the 1903 Springfield, was tactical as hell when it first came out. Uh, then imagine the 1911 Clover when the 1911 first came out, it was introduced to the military. That was ground. Like that was something they'd never seen before. Like what in the world? I mean, that was as tactical as it came back in the day, you know? Yep. I can fire that. Uh, from uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Sandy says, I'll take that. Bambi grew up to be a stud. Well, you got, uh, never mind. <laughs> So you got a lot of growing up to do there, Sandy. But no, we're gonna start calling you Bambi. He's 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 a little little buck. So there you go. All right. So tonight's uh, tonight's discussion is something that um, most of you guys know. I'm, I'm in a lot. I, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. Um, but when I when I when I check in on Facebook, I I, I go to a, a handful of groups that I'm a part of. I don't really like post a lot of stuff. Um, no offense if you guys are noticing, I do post stuff on Facebook. Most of that stuff is automatically posted from Instagram and all of that. Uh, I don't spend a terrible time amount on Facebook. When I do, I, I'm in some groups and I like to kind of check in with these groups and people asking questions and all that. And I like to see, I don't necessarily, uh, how do I put this? 
I don't interact inside the conversation a whole lot unless I have something I think that actually can bring up. Most of the time, I just like the questions and I, I like looking at some of the answers that people give. Uh, unfortunately, that's when I do have to step in sometimes to give my two cents because there's a lot of people that give a lot of bad advice in, on Facebook. So, uh, but yeah, but one of the questions, no, um, I know, I, I know that's hard to believe. Abraham Lincoln um, just posted a post the other day and said, you can trust people on Facebook a hundred percent. So hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I want to say the only thing that's worse than Facebook is Twitter, Twitter. Yeah. Well, TikTok, TikTok is pretty bad. You I'm know, not on TikTok. I've never, I've never been, I don't, I don't get it. TikTok, TikTok just depends on if you find your groove or whatever there. Like my wife is yeah. big into TikTok, but there's a, yeah, she a found, lot of she other, found, uh, she found our new favorite barbecue place in Vegas on TikTok. I'm telling you, but yeah, she's into like, there's a lot of folks that apparently craft and things and she's into that. And then the yeah. medical community and stuff is big on TikTok and all too. So she doesn't yeah. go off into the crazy weeds or anything over there. She, you know, it it filters and gives her what she what she watches, right? The algorithms yeah. and stuff there. So I mean, I get it. What Carrie is correct? Reddit's the worst. You're right. You're right. Reddit is the worst. Yeah, Reddit's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, but but anyways, in one of my Facebook groups, I mean, like some concealed carry and different everyday carry type groups and all of that, um, gray man groups and stuff. Um. question and it pops up it, you know at least once a month and i usually don't see all of them but I, I did happen to catch this and it it always sparks up a really good conversation in these groups even though we it comes around all the time but they never really well some people do oh man this is i'm gonna answer this for the 19th time well you know what dude someone's always new and they're always gonna ask a question at least they're asking questions question comes up is like hey if i was gonna put together like an edc bag like, what's the basic necessities that you should have an EDC bag? And this could go down a road. We talked about survival gear last week. And when I think EDC bag, I don't think survival gear. Um, I think just stuff that, you know, you can carry with you that is not a survival, but is more of a self-defense uh, first aid kind of, uh, of situation. So the first question I want to ask you, Clover, is in, in your mind, when you hear the word EDC gear or everyday carry gear, like what's the first thing like that comes to your mind? Um, you're talking about specific items or just no, no, no. Like if someone says I want to put like together an EDC bag, like are you talk? Do you think like survival stuff or well, is it more? That's you know that's what? totally different, right? When somebody says I want to put together an EDC bag, like I'm thinking like self-defense daily carry type stuff if you just say yeah. what's your edc gear or yeah you know, what you know somebody just says my first it's it's literally it's what do you carry every day right every day so that's a flashlight a pocket knife if you get into the gear right like right self-defense for me is not primary for sure i don't know where it falls but you know well i, I mean i, I can that. leave here i can leave here and if i leave my gun behind I, i'm probably gonna be okay but if i leave you know other things behind i'm screwed so 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's a priority. Like what are the things that I'm most going to need to get through my day? Right. Yeah. That's well, great. and I think that absolutely. And, and, and you bring up an excellent point because people that are watching this or be listening to this podcast later are probably from a similar mindset, whether it's in our, our community of firearms and all of that. So I think that someone like us that um, love like guns and we carry and all that, when, when people in our community here every day carry guns going to be in the top, probably three things, you know, um, but an average person that doesn't own a gun and all that, you ask them, Hey, what's your everyday carry contents? They're going to say, Oh, definitely cell phone. You know, they might have a flashlight and some people might carry a pocket knife, but they're going to be thinking, Oh, uh, like cell phone, uh, portable charger, you know, stuff like that. A cable charging cables. That's more important for everyday carry than knives or guns or, or, or pepper spray or whatever. So it depends on your background, what kind of lifestyle you lead. Like I said, everyone's different. I think that if you ask people that are going to be listening and watching this, I, I would say probably that gun is a, a top three to five, at least a top five item um, that would show up in most people's list. But yeah, I would agree. Top you know, my, my, my wife, my wife, if I say, what's your everyday most important stuff that you want to make sure you have with you at all times, obviously a gun or a knife isn't even making a top 100 list, you know. Right. Um, real quick, a little shout out to G23. Thank you, brother. This is for the men, women downrange. 40 Smith & Wesson is king and 10 millimeters better than 9 millimeter. <sighs> he knows all Ron Burgundy it, so um, whatever. Thank you. At, least he's, at least he's half right. It's debatable. 10 millimeter. Okay. I'll give you that 10 millimeter is better than nine millimeter. I enjoy nine millimeter better. Uh, that doesn't mean it's better, but I, I would say a 10 millimeter is a better millimeter than nine. Um, the 40 Smith is king is just pure blasphemy. That's what I'm uh, saying. He's right. He's, and, and I think he should, I think he should be uh, banned permanently. I think that he needs to be checked in uh, into a straitjacket facility with padded walls to to think that Forty Smith is king. Um, so there you go. Um, yeah. Now mandatory carry says my gun is number two item, and Fix doesn't know Reddit. <laughs> They're having an argument right there. And Sandy says eleven millimeter is better than ten millimeter. I can never find the damn thing. So. Um, our tech and daughters is out there. What's going on? So, yeah. And it's just, like I said, it's one of those things where every day EDC means so many different things to so many different people. Um, so what I thought we would probably talk about a little bit tonight is from our point of view, um, you know, maybe not every day, but what are in, in, in everyday carry your everyday items might change over the years, you know, um, so, you know, you know, you're never going to have the same thing all the time, but do you, you know, do you carry obviously knife flashlight stuff like that are on your person, but do you have like an EDC bag that is in your vehicle? Not a go bag necessarily, but an EDC bag that, 
do you have stuff in, or even just stuff in your vehicle that are around that you would consider EDC items that you can do you have at your disposal at all times? Well, I mean, if you're talking about the truck, I mean, I've got my lockout kit. I mean, you definitely got to have the lockout kit. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of tools, you know, there. Uh, yeah, if you're talking sure. about the vehicle, there's there's lots of things. If you're talking about like a some kind of a bag I carry around outside of like a personal range bag for that yeah. particular purpose, it's like, no, I don't have some bag I carry around. Now, you know, depending on the situation, I mean, an example is here. So I had to, uh, I had to take the car in for service not long ago. Right. And yeah. so, um, you know, I always make the appointment very first thing so I can get the heck out of there, but I don't know how long I'm going to be. Am I going to be an hour, two hours, four hours? I don't know how long yeah. it's going to take. Right. Yeah. Um, so I do ha- take a bag for that, but that's not an everyday mm-hmm. carry. Right. Sure. But I Absolutely. do because it's like, okay, I don't know where I'm going to go or, you know, if I'm going to hitch an Uber or walk over here or do this. And so there's certain things that I want to make sure I have a battery for the cell phone, you know, the cable, the, you know, the other things. And so I'll take um, a little backpack or something with me for that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and I think we probably all have stuff that are in our vehicles at all times, tools. And, um, you know, I've got all sorts of stuff that are in my vehicle, first aid kits, tourniquets, and all of that. Uh, actually, first aid kit, I have trauma kits in my vehicle. Um, my, my little, small little bag, it's a really small bag. This is from Wilder Tactical. Um, great little bag, but it's pretty simple. Tourniquet, first aid kit in that pouch. Those are pretty simple. And I don't care what background you have, everyone should have at least a first aid kit, you know, you don't have to carry a tourniquet, but at least a first aid kit, everyone should have one of those in your vehicle, whether it leaves your vehicle or not, everyone should have one in your vehicle. Little small pouch up here. I know it sounds weird, but a, a Sharpie, these things uh, can write on pretty much anything. Uh, I've got a flashlight, um, a pocket knife, and here's People know me, a bunch of gummy bears. So I always and honest, and honestly, all that, and I know you got it all there kind of in one place, but yeah, all that all that needs to be a part of your first aid kit, to be honest, or your med kit or whatever. Right? Sure. You know, yeah, Sharpie absolutely. knife, you know, besides my EDC, right? Sharpie yeah, yeah. knife. What else did you say? Something to eat, gummy bears. I got uh, gummy water, bears, but I mean, whatever, um, granola yeah. bar, whatever you choose to have is yeah. your snack if you need something yeah flashlight all of those things i actually got a headlamp in my my med kit because what are the odds you're using your hands right and so yeah if you're using your hands you need a some type of a hands-free light so i don't carry a flashlight in my med kits i have one of those headlamps yeah uh i do have a light so above and beyond again above and beyond what's on my person oh yeah this is not what's on my person uh this is just in this thing uh, I carry several different knives uh, for different different sizes, different things that you have to have. Uh, I'm a, I'm an you know I've turned into a knife guy over the years, so I've always got several blades. And this is not on my person. Um, and then the main compartment, um, I've got bottles of water, handguns, some paracord. Uh, magazines and all that stuff uh, in in that one. 
real small but real easy to to have i'm not a guy that likes to carry a whole lot of stuff on me i'll carry a pocket knife um so my edc there uh i carry a, a flashlight um what I'm using, I, I love uh, some stream lights. Uh, I think the one I'm carrying now is an LA police gear light. That's uh, I really just really enjoy that. But yeah, um, on my person, I, I don't carry a whole lot. Uh, a, a knife, you know, and then when I carry the gun and all that. But um, I, I don't, I don't carry extra magazines on my person. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to say that it, I. I wouldn't ever do that. But what I will say is for me, I'm going to bring you in and let you into this. I know there's a lot of people that will carry an extra magazine or even multiple extra magazines on their person. And, and a lot of holsters are built like that now where they have uh, holsters that will carry an extra magazine or two magazines or whatever. I've never been a person that carries extra magazines. And I always have extra magazines available around me or in, in close proximity. But on my person, I, I, I I've never if you're carrying to me, I, I carry a 15, actually it's a 17 plus one capacity. Um and maybe it's just me, but if 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 I'm going through 17 rounds and, and I'm still in a firefight in a self-defense situation things probably aren't going to end well um in, in in all honesty and and i'll, I'll carry i feel that way with five but okay that's what i'm saying but I'm, I'm, I'm saying if i carry a 17 plus one gun and that's not enough for me um i i, I i'm gonna have to come to the quick realization that this might end badly for me or whoever i'm trying to defend um that's just me now once again in, in my truck i always will have my little ar pistol so I work with a mentality of you use your handgun to get to the long gun. Now, in this situation, the long gun is a five and a half inch AR pistol, but it's a longer gun, longer capacity uh, AR platform. Use your handgun to get to the long gun. Um, so if I can use my 17 rounds to get to my vehicle, then I'm probably getting my vehicle and leaving for some, for, if for some reason I get to my vehicle and I can't get out, I can't leave and I still need to do something. Now I've got a 30 round, you know, AR pistol magazine that is going to be able to do the same thing. Um, so what for me, the, I, I yeah, what ahead. is the scenario? What is the scenario? And then what is the odds that you have to fight your way to the vehicle and then continue to fight? By the time you get to your vehicle, would you not be out of danger in most cases? That's what I'm saying. If, if I can get to my vehicle, I'm probably leaving. I'm, I'm getting the hell out of there. Gone, yeah. You know, and, and I get what Sandy's saying. He's saying, you know, the main reason for for magazines is for is for failures and not for extra ammo. I get that. But here's the thing. This is just mine. This is just me. What's up, Chase, by the way? Chase had a long weekend. Uh, and parts undisclosed, but uh, welcome to the dark side, my man. But uh, for me, I, and I'm not going to say anything derogatory towards other people. I'm not looking to get into a firefight, first of all. If something happens and someone is in my local Walmart or something, they start shooting at the place, I'm taking me and whoever's with me and my family 
and we're going to try to find the nearest way out and get the hell out. I'm not going to stick around and try to end this guy's life. Um, unless, unless my life or my wife's life or daughter or whatever is in imminent danger, I'm not going around being freaking super bad security force inside Walmart trying to hunt down a bad dude. I'm not going to do it. I want to try to get the hell out of there. If I'm in the use where my gun and I, I I'm in that situation and my gun fails, the magazine fails. Well, first of all, if you're doing it enough, you should be able to clear a malfunction in your handgun. If you can't fix a malfunction in your, in your firearm, then a new magazine ain't going to help. I'm going I'm, I'm not trying to talk down to anyone, but if, if, if you cannot clear a malfunction, whether it's a stovepipe, whether it's a, a failure to feed, a double feed, whatever it is, and you can't fix that malfunction in your handgun within 30 seconds to a minute, an extra magazine isn't going to fix anything. At that point, you probably just need to find cover or get the hell out of there. Um, that's just me. Now, I have no problem people carrying extra magazines for whatever reason, whether it's for extra capacity, if it's for just in case there's a malfunction. I get that. I'm not that guy. I, I, I'm not that guy. I have magazines in that bag. I have magazines in my vehicle that I can, if I can get there, first of all, I get to my vehicle. Once again, I'm probably getting the hell out of there. Um, but for me, I'm just saying that uh, it is what it is. I, I, I'm not one of those guys that feels like I need to walk around life with an extra magazine just in case there's a failure. Um, I'm going to work that failure. I'm going to, I'm going to try to clear whatever malfunction that is. And if my gun is inoperable, a magazine is not a new magazine is not going to fix that problem. Um, to me, I, I, at that point, I'm going to try to figure out to get cover or get the hell out of there. Um, so before we go back, what's up, Chase? How you doing, man? You, you tired a little bit, man. You've had an interesting weekend with travel. What's going on, man? uh yeah it's been a it's been a busy <laughs> last few days but i'm doing all right i'm i just got like up here and settled down a little bit and, you know there's a little buffalo trace left so tonight will be an okay night <laughs> uh, yeah when when you uh when you're either stuck in the airport or stuck the worst the only thing that's worse than being stuck in an airport on a delayed flight is being on the airplane and being stuck in the terminal or on the taxiway and you're grounded for weather or whatever and you're actually already on the plane. That's the only thing that's probably worse than being stuck in a delay at an airport. And, and you get to experience both in the same day. Yeah, that was super fun with all the storms that ran through Florida. It was over four hours of hanging out in an airport and on a plane and... I didn't get in my hotel. Like I didn't hit the bed at my hotel till three in the morning. And I was, yeah, cause you had to go set up, didn't you? Yeah. I was up at six 30 and I was setting up at seven. Yeah, and buddy. We've had show the whole time. So, you know, for the guys that don't know, you know how the industry works, I'm at a, I was at a buy group show. There's, you know, tons of dealers that are members of buy groups. They come and buy products from the industry and that's how they turn around and sell them to the general public. So basically, it's a bunch. A buy group would be a, a bunch, ten to hundreds of 
let's say gun shops that are join a group together so they can buy Have things in bulk. Balance. Yeah, bulk and better prices. Correct. Yeah, and it's yep. it was a pretty good show. I'm you know I was pretty good. happy with the turnout and how it went down. So. Yeah, and I do know that we were on the phone when you were in the airport. I guess that was what Saturday. Was that Saturday you flew out? I think it was Saturday. We were on the phone. It was supposed and to be Saturday like, after Saturday, early Saturday evening, and it turned into Saturday night. But yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah, we we were talking Saturday night when you were you were getting ready to board it before you got grounded while on the plane. You, at this point, you had been in the uh, the the airport for a while, and you met the great Karen that's always there that doesn't understand that just because your flight is, is delayed doesn't mean that other flights are, are going on. Um, if your flight's delayed because of weather, then every flight is delayed. And she, I could hear in the background going kind of irate, not understanding why she can't just jump on another plane. And there's always that one that at least, at least you had some comedy relief there, you know? That was a good time. I mean, at least, at least I got a show with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, show it in a twenty-seven dollar you know, hamburger, but you get dinner and a show at the airport if you want it. That's true. I mean, she was absolutely losing her shit because she just couldn't jump on a plane and leave. I'm like, do you not see the monsoon outside? Because yeah. I do. The entire airport is grounded. Okay, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, we're not gonna let Delta, but we're gonna let United out. Not a problem. It's just the Delta planes we're gonna ground. Yeah. It was stupid. I no, mean, I hear you. like shut the ramp down because like cloud to ground lightning is like blowing up all over the place and whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. So Marcus going back here. Marcus says all my bags have the lighters. Oh, and lighters. That's another good thing. I smoke, so I'm always gonna have a lighter. Liar. Fire. 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 Like Beavis. You know. Or Budhead, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Beavis. Beavis always said, fire, fire, fire. All my bags have lighters, fire, uh, knives, and axe. Wow, an axe. Okay. Water, granola bars, batteries, a flashlight. And I think that even to, in today's society, I don't care who you are, I think that phone charging cables and portable chargers are one of those items that everyone's probably going to have around these days. Because no one, God forbid, no one, you know, people go 10 minutes without their phone working. So uh, it is what it is. Now, Sandy says, I usually don't have spare mags on his, his pocket. Never far away. Yeah, never far away. Exactly. Uh, Sam says, uh, and by self-defense class, I mean, boxing or martial arts of some sort of Krav Maga, Judo, uh, BJJ, if they have those available nearby. Uh, yeah, if you can go and and take a self-defense or just be familiar with how to, you don't have to learn how to kick someone's ass. What you need to do is be learning, learn how to get away from someone. If someone grabs you or someone attacks you, how to get away from that person is just as important as learning how to kick their ass. So I think everyone should be able to learn a couple of maneuvers to get, to free themselves from a threat or whatever. Now, Taylor out there says it's a brave new world that we can now carry in New Jersey. I have no idea what the EDC loadout will be. I'm here to, to clean any info off the topic I can. My guess is it will be minimalist. Um, so if you're going to be minimalist, um, once again, this is just me. I'm going to let Chase and Clover kind of talk. Um, now, Mr. H says, sorry, man, I'm carrying extra mag. Hey, man, I, I'm not saying don't carry an extra mag. I'm not saying um, 
that it's dumb to carry. I, I, I'm not saying that at all. You, you be you. You need to carry what you think you're going to need. I just don't. One, I, I, I think it's uncomfortable carrying extra magazine. Uh, I, I'm just not that guy. But absolutely, um, if you want to carry extra magazine, then carry the extra magazine. That, that's um, that's what it is. Um, Tactical Z, what do you think about the Ruger LCP Max? Um, the Ruger LCP and the Ruger LCR families, the whole lineup are phenomenal weapons. Um, the only thing that I will say about the LCP is I think in that micro compact pocket gun, I think nowadays there are much better options that are going to be about the same size. They're going to give you better capacity. Uh, they're going to shoot better. They're going to have a much better trigger than the 14 pound, um, trigger that the LCP has. Um, by no means am I saying it's a bad gun. If that's what you can, if that's what's in your price range, you can't go wrong with it. I just think that there are things these days, whether it's the Glock 42, Glock 43, the 43X, the, the P365, there's all sorts of those micro compact guns now that are going to give you better options, um, than the LCP, um, chase, um, as far as the LCP sounds like tactical Z out there might be, uh, wanting to learn, uh, some new things. He's asked about the Ruger LCP max and the LCP family in general. Um, what are your thoughts on the LCP and specifically the LCP max? If you want to touch that. I mean, so we personally, yeah. I've had the LCP in my pocket since they came out. I will say that prior to that, I did have one of the old Keltec P3ATs. Okay. The Ruger came out that I ended up basically giving to a buddy that was moving to a not so great part of the country. And at the time, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there, you know, late sure. 2000s, early 2010s when I did it. But I've, I've generally had an LCP in my pocket pretty much daily since like 2009. However, and so I, mean, I would say this tactical Z, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call myself 5'8". My wife will say that I'm 5'7 and 3 quarters. I call myself 5'8". It is what it is. I'm sticking to that story. Chase is a much larger guy. Um, and, and so the great thing with LCP is no matter what size you are, that gun is going to work for you. Um, it, it'll fit my hand fine. Chase is a much bigger guy than I am, and he's been carrying one forever. So that tells you a lot about what he thinks about that gun. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, I'm not anti-380. I mean, that's not like... I'm not looking at that gun as a be all end all, but that's a good, oh shit, something's got, something's gone down. I got something on me. You know, it's a pocket rocket. So are you, are you using the LCP as a backup gun yeah. or is that your primary carry? No, it's a backup. I've okay. got, right. you know, I carry a 365. I have since it came out, you know, like you're talking about mags earlier. It yeah. honestly depends on where I'm at and what I'm wearing hmm. that day. If I have an extra mag or not, I have holsters with sidecars. So sometimes there's an extra mag. Sometimes there's not, you yep. know, I live in Florida. It's hot. I'm in shorts and t-shirts or, you know, whatever, most of the time. So you generally, it's the 365. If I can't, I mean, like you were saying earlier, I'm not trying to be a hero and I'm not trying to stop some major firefight. I have mine to protect my immediate to get out of yep. a situation. If something comes up. 
you know. If- now, if I have if I have that shot and there's no th- there's no threat behind it, and I have a clean shot that could, am I saying I won't take that? No, but that's not my primary objective. You know. Yeah, I mean, if you need to dick and drill somebody in the face, you know, that's one thing. But I'm not going to go charging across a mall to engage a dude that's on the other side when I can get my family out and keep them safe and the people around me. That's Absolutely. my immediate prerogative. You know, now if something comes, a threat comes face to face, I have something to deal with. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, I'm not going four aisles over to be the hero. Um, I'm going to try to get out of there. And if someone gets in my way or my family's way of getting them out or me getting out or whatever uh, gets in my way, that's a whole nother story. But I'm not going across the store to go look for a guy. Um, that sounds bad, but you know that's the great. That's the whole thing is is in Arkansas. I'm probably not okay. Let's just be honest. I'm not going to be the only one carrying at that Walmart. Um, but that's the whole idea is if we get more people to carry, then one person isn't going to have to try to quote unquote protect everyone. We should have half the people in that store should be carrying. So no matter where that person is, that he should be able, there's someone that should be around to help. Um, if you only have one person, then I'm sorry, it's not me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be John Rambo and go freaking on a CQB search for a guy in Walmart. I'm going to get my family out of there and, and it is what is it now. Once again, you get in my way of getting out. It's a whole nother issue, but um, yeah, Marcus is, he likes staccatos. Uh, PNW is I am not Batman family first. Exactly. Um, Sam of Anarchy says ghost keep adding. And this is, this is great. Uh, this is going to be great for anyone, especially if you're new to EDC out there. Um, keep adding to your toolkits. If you can defuse a dangerous situation without a, emptying your chamber, that's a great day all around. Pulling a firearm should be the last resort. Exactly. Um, you know, I don't know. Is Clover back? I'm not sure if he's back or not. I don't think so. I don't think he's back. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's been in yeah, and out. He's be back a sec. So um, a good a good point to that is like when I was running a shop and you talk to people daily and I still do it at like some of these consumer shows and all. Yeah, it's all these people that want to talk about you know I just pull it out they're gonna run away or whatever. I'm like, look, if you I tell people this stuff all the time. I was like, if you have a good enough reason to pull it out, you have a good enough reason. You, you better use it. It is not made to try to scare somebody off. It's not what it's for. You have it as a absolute last line. That's what it is. You're not supposed to be brandishing a firearm trying to scare somebody. That is a, I have exhausted all options. I have something for you now. Absolutely. First of all, not that, depending on where you are, in Arkansas, um, I probably, nothing would happen. But technically, it's probably against the law to just pull your firearm and threaten someone. Literally, it's literally against the law. That would be uh, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. You know, if 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 you just pull your gun and threaten and all of that, first of all, <laughs> we don't want to do that. If if like you said, if you're going to draw, you're drawing to use. You're not drawing to scare. 
You're not drawing to see what happens. You're drawing to end a, an imminent threat. Um, and, and I said this before, and this is gonna. This has been a, an incredibly unpopular stance uh, on many levels. And I have received what's up, Georgia Rebel. Uh, I have received hatred from people, and I love it because it, it creates a great conversation. I personally truly believe, and it's not just me trying to be the Howard Stern or someone who's just going to put stuff out there just to get a rise. I truly believe if you're not mentally ready to take that shot if needed, then I would rather you not carry until you are mentally ready. Because if you're not mentally ready to take that shot if ever needed and hope to God it never happens, but if you're not ready to take that shot, you're more of a threat to me than the guy who is the original threat. Because if you freeze, if you're not ready and you start freaking out with your accelerated heart rate and your breathing screwed up, chances are if you pull that trigger eventually, you're not going to come close to hitting that target, which means you're probably going to hit somebody or something behind that target, that threat. More importantly, if you freeze, you're giving that person to freak out even more and probably start pulling triggers. Even though, let's say a guy walks into Walmart, pulls out a gun, hasn't pulled a trigger yet, threatening people, hey, I'll give me money, blah, 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 whatever, or a gas station or whatever. And you try to be the hero and you pull your gun out and try to go police, freeze. And you're brandishing and you're, you're, you're pointing your gun at that bad guy and you're yelling, freeze, freeze, don't move. You're going to give that, that person may not have ever had any intention of firing his weapon. He was probably using it to scare people to get money. Let's just be honest. But now you've interacted with this person. You've introduced a threat to him and you freeze. What are the chances that he starts turning and tries to shoot you, which means now he's probably hitting someone behind you or whatever. So if you're not mentally ready to take that shot when needed, then personally, I'd say don't carry. You can go take a first aid class, a stop the bleed class, whatever. You can still help in that situation in other ways. But if you're not ready to take that shot, I say don't carry. And I know that's going to be a very unpopular uh, stance, but that's just the way it is. Um, brandishing is illegal. Yep. Um, I'll say to see that here. point. Yeah, go ahead. I used, to, I used to tell people that all the time, like when I was selling to the general public. <clears throat> yeah. If you don't, if you don't have, if you don't believe you can pull the trigger, you really probably shouldn't be carrying. Period. Dot. We right. have people coming all the time, like, oh, I just don't want to feel safer. I want to scare somebody off. Whatever. <clears throat> you have a reason to pull it. You have a reason to use it. It's yeah. just escalated everything if you pull a gun and then you don't use it, you freeze, like you're saying, or the simple fact that they can take it away from you and use it on you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Now, Woods out there says, I had to correct my brother about finding the tweaker that broke into his car. Not a time to pull your gun. You're not an imminent threat unless the bad guy pulls weapon. Now, that's a whole other issue that people don't even realize. Um it's a very, very fine line between a good shoot and a bad shoot. 
And you need to have that imminent threat available or, okay. So first of all, we talk about this all the time. No matter if it's a, if it's a good clean shoot or it's a bad shoot, it doesn't matter. You draw your weapon and there's a shot fired. You're going to get detained at the worst, at, at the minimal, you're going to get handcuffed put into a squad car or taken to a private and you're going to get questioned. You're not, they're not going to just walk up and say, Oh, this looks like a pretty clean shoot self-defense. Okay. Go on home, sir. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're in for a long night. Let's just be real. You're in for a long night. Uh, you, you probably will get to go home later on, but it's going to be a long time before you get to go home in that situation. Um, an imminent threat to, to, to get to deadly force is not a joke. Deadly force is a real thing. To use deadly force, there has to be an imminent threat. Not an imminent threat to someone in your area. Not someone, not an imminent threat to someone in that store 17 aisles over. An imminent threat to you or your family member, okay, or whoever you're with. An imminent threat. And it doesn't mean, hey, this guy has a gun, but he's pointing it in the complete opposite direction and doesn't even know that I'm here. It's not an imminent threat. Okay. Now, depending on the situation and where you are, uh, will you get charged with something in that situation? Uh, is that a gray area that you want to try to figure and maneuver through? I don't know. It might be for you. For me, I'm pulling the trigger if and only if a true imminent threat. There is no other option. I cannot leave. I can't get to cover and wait this thing out. There is a true imminent threat to me or my family. Then you damn right. I'm ready mentally. Trust me. I'm ready to pull a trigger, but just because you're not ready to pull a trigger and because just because I tell you if in this, is my opinion, and, and some people might agree that if you are not ready to pull a trigger, then don't carry that doesn't mean you have to listen to us. I'm just saying be careful because you might have the greatest intentions in the world, but you could honestly be more dangerous if you freak out. That's just me. Now, none of us know how we're going to react unless you've been involved with that kind of a shooting. We can sit here and talk all you want, but no one's sure how they're going to react until it happens. Hopefully, we never have to have that happen. Uh, now, I want to bring Clover in. I want to bring this up because while you were gone, we were answering a question um, from uh, Tactical Z. I think he's new to – he's from New Jersey, and they're just now able to start to carry up there, and he's learning about EDC and all of that stuff. And he asked a question about the Ruger LCP Max, and Chase and I talked about what we our thoughts on the LCP. Uh, being someone that is – when you do carry, typically it's a 380. Um what are I know you carry a 42, but um, what are your thoughts on the Ruger LCP or specifically the LCP Max? If you have any uh, familiarization with that, um, I'm okay with it. I know with Jersey, he's going to be limited in choices, so you know, I don't know what to suggest or say otherwise. So, if that's mm -hmm. he's looking into that, and you know. He feels pretty good about that as far as, you know, it feels good. Manipulation and all of that is is doable. Uh, as far as it being a firearm that you could trust your life to, I mean, it's it's certainly there. 
Uh, it's a very serviceable firearm. It's yep. going to be accurate enough for self-defense, you know, type situations. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, yeah, what I basically said that there's there's in today with the the forty two, the forty three, the forty three X, the forty eight, the three sixty five. There are a lot better options out there now. Yeah. Um, but you know the LCP is a wonderful, and you can probably find LCP for a very good price right now, and and they're. Uh, they're for the longest, I want to say like 10 years straight, 10, maybe 20 years at the end of the year, the LCP slash LCR family of Ruger was, if not the number one selling model, it was the number two selling model every year for, for a long time. Yeah. It eventually overtook for a reason. The, it eventually overtook the, the burst of 380 was yep. your, your number one carry for a very long time there for many many years and then the lcps came along and and really gave them a run for their money now you were talking about earlier about you know you're gonna get detained you're gonna i think it's healthy to keep that attitude and be prepared for that but it also depends on where you live uh, here that, and, not, I, and I said, not, before, I said in Arkansas, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I, I've seen, I've seen, I've done ride-alongs, this, that, and the other. I know mm-hmm. law enforcement. I, I know the situations firsthand where somebody has, you know, I mean, the, the funeral home had to be called, right? Um, yeah. And thirty minutes, forty-five minutes, and they're they're out of here, right? Fill out some paperwork, mm-hmm. take a statement, they're gone, right? And never yep. heard a, a word about it otherwise. Um, so, you know, now, but again, if, and that's around here and most stuff happens close to home. That's what they say. Yep. Anyway, odds are things happen close to home. Now, if I'm off traveling or something like that, yeah, I mean, I gotta be, you know, I gotta be cognizant of the fact that, you know, I'm not at home. So, you know, law enforcement right. doesn't necessarily know me, right. They may be a more liberal minded jurisdiction when it comes to, yep. You know, self defense and that sort of thing. Um, Taylor out there says, uh, New Jersey. Okay, I, I guess I got it. He's this guy, he, Taylor's in New Jersey, but he says, different guy at New Jersey, they're only limited to 10 rounds, but there is no roster like California. Well, that's, I mean, I hate the fact that you have a 10 round capacity limit, but at least there isn't the uh, communist roster. Um, that's that's a good thing over there. Sam says, think about a Glock 26 if you're looking for something small. 26 is a fantastic option. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of great options. Like I said, in the last three years or let's say five years alone, the amount of the subcompact concealed carry pistols, this is the goal. This is the age of the subcompact carry pistol. There are so many options uh, that are available, different sizes, different weights, different capacities, but they're all going to be either a small holster or a pocket carry type gun. Uh, like I said, LCP is great. And if you can find an LCP for a couple hundred bucks brand new, then for that price, I would think about it. But if, you, if you've if you got four, five, six hundred dollars for your self-defense carry gun, um, and let's be honest, if you have the money and you're going to buy a gun for self-defense you want to be able to get one of the better guns that you can afford now if you can afford a 200 dollars gun you can afford it better than having nothing um but there are options out there that i think are better than the lcp uh especially come out in the last five years 
but the LCP is a fine, fine gun. Big Al says, what is a side flip magnifier on the wall with the AR? That is a 3X magnifier. Uh, yes, it's it's right. I have that to go with my EOTech. Yes, it's a 3X magnifier. And it is a, it's a, a flip over, so it's great. Big Al says he selects his 365. Now, when you hear 365, we're talking about uh, if you're out there and you're, and you're new to this and you don't know what that is, that is the Sig Sauer P365. Now, uh, with the 365, there are multiple models within the P365 uh, family. There's a little more capacity. There's different sites. There's different, you know, all sorts. But the 365 family has a lot of different models, but it's, it's a phenomenal gun. Um, Taylor says a shadow CR 920 at the FFL. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna go all in. There you go. Um, let's see here. Abby's out there. I'm not sure. Slante. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not very smart, so I don't know what that means. So, but welcome. Um, I wish I could help you. Um, we were talking about, I forgot what we were talking Basically about. It means cheers. Oh, okay. Well, cheers. Uh, is what, what, what language is that? Do you know, Chase? It, it comes from like, it, or was it just, uh, just it's, it's slancha, okay. or, Yeah. So you hear it a lot of like in the like, Irish, Scottish, like Celtic regions. I'm Scotch Irish and I've never heard it before. So go figure. I don't know, but yeah, welcome. It is in Taylor says it's Celtic, so yeah. And she says she's half Irish. Awesome. Um, I had some family come over on the boat hundred and some odd years ago, probably. So pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, there's a there's a uh you know, Canic, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I I I we talked about my rotation. My rotation's out there for anyone that wants to know my I've got a four or five gun, and, and a lot of people don't like a rotation. Um, I have, I have a four or five gun rotation that I'll carry and, and it's not an everyday thing. It's usually a week or a month. I'll, I might carry the same gun for a month and then I'll change. Um, the reason why I do that is I have a lot of guns that are carry guns that I love and I'm, I would rather carry all five of them. Not at the same time, obviously, but I like to carry because it's, if why carry just one gun, if you have other guns that are going to be great and you love them. I want them all to get in the lineup I, and I don't want to put them in the bench and, you know, bury them in the bench in a sports analogy. But, um, you know, I, I do that because I have multiple guns that I love to carry and I love to shoot. Um, if you are that person that only carries one gun, Hey, so be it, uh, more power to you. Uh, I just, I have several guns that I enjoy shooting and I enjoy carrying. And, um, that's why I have a four or five gun rotation that, like I said, it's not, it's not changing every day. It, I might carry a gun for three or four, six months, of, but, you know, throughout time, I will rotate them through. Um, now, now, she, now she's just trying to break the internet. Um, she's, she's breaking the matrix out there, throwing all sorts of stuff that I, I can't. I'm not smart. I need picture books. When I read, I need pop-up picture books. That's how I read. So I'm sorry. I'm not very smart. Uh, Taylor says they make us qualify with the gun I'm going to carry. Is that standard practice out there in free America? Rotations sound reasonable. Um, so I, I can only speak for Arkansas. And I'll let Chase and Clover talk about Texas and Florida. In Arkansas, 
for now we have constitutional carry but if you're going to get a permit which i i do still have a permit and i recommend a permit um to those that are going to be traveling or and or for other reasons but here in arkansas if you're going to get a permit and if you qualify with a revolver you can only use a revolver to carry if you qualify with a semi-automatic then you can carry anything um and i don't know it's not a specific gun it's like if i qualify with a beretta 92 let's say then i'm not stuck with a beretta 92 forever I can carry any semi-automatic or any revolver. Now, on the flip side also, if I carry and I qualify, let's just say that I want to qualify with a revolver, understanding that I can only carry a revolver in the state of Arkansas at that time, and I qualify with a Smith & Wesson 686, I don't have to always carry that specific firearm. I just have to carry a revolver. But if I, if I qualify with a semi-auto, it doesn't matter what type of gun. I can carry whatever semi-automatic revolver that I want. So here in Arkansas, you do not have to carry the exact gun that you qualify with. Clover Chase, what about in Texas and Florida? Texas is wide open. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, we have constitutional carry too, which, you know, it's, it's whatever with that. Uh, but should you choose to go the uh, permitted route, um, yeah. there are some stipulations on what you can use to qualify. Um, and I, I'm trying to think because they've loosened the restrictions so much over the years Yeah. Uh, that I think, I don't think, I think it has to be center fire, but I think that's the only restrictions to qualification in Texas anymore. Um, but we used to have what you're talking about, that if you qualified with a revolver, you could only carry a revolver. We don't even yeah. have that anymore. It doesn't matter what you qualify, what you qualify with you're, you're as long as you take the class, basically you're good. <laughs> Jesus, I just got, thanks Chase. I appreciate you. Is that Making not scary or that, what? That's, that's yeah. Anyways, that's, that's real. That's the scary part. That's Speaking real. That's not like fake. Oh no, that's like that's like their training class. One of their. Speaking of federal agents that will be carrying "quote unquote" federal agents. Yeah. Eighty-seven thousand um, new ones, my man. I know. They're not coming. Uh, so what, what about in what about in Florida? Do you guys have any like? Do you have to carry the same gun you qualify with or anything like that? No. So Florida, Florida has a you know a class and a shooting requirement. Um, but it's not like if you shoot a revolver, you have to keep a revolver. If you shoot a semi, you have to keep a semi. It's not, you just have to have a, there's a shooting portion, like a quote unquote certified firearm instructor who knows their course of fire has to okay yep. you. And basically say you're safe and you know how to handle a weapon and yeah. you're not going to be a threat to society just by carrying. It's basically you know? like the like NRA, like basic pistol course, more or less. From seven, seven yards, can you hit a silhouette target? I mean, yeah. you know. And they do have like, except, I don't know about like, you know, some of the other states, some do, some don't, but like Florida, like, you know, if you're law enforcement or if you're military, you're veteran, whatever, you're exempt from having to take the class. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm a proponent of keeping a permit personally because I, 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 I will always know, have a permit. Yeah. yeah. Just because. Yeah. If, if you travel, um, 
you know, especially if you if you travel and, and, and more and more states are becoming constitutional carry states, but there still are not. Um, and having a permit, especially if they recognize your state's permit, allows you to carry. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. The, the 99% of the reason why I still have a permit is in the state of Arkansas. If you have a concealed carry permit. Now, I go and get a gun at a gun shop. I still have to fill out a 4473, but I don't have to go through the background check. They don't have to call in that 4473. My concealed carry permit acts as my background check. So as soon as I get done filling that out, they go through their little thing and check off and sign off. I'm done. I don't have to wait to get the NIC system. I, I bypass the NICs because my concealed carry permit serves as my background check. To be honest, that's the main reason why I keep my permit out of pure necessity to being efficient and i'm lazy and i don't want to wait around for um a 10 minute 15 20 minute call yep in and out yeah in yeah, and out that's that's the big thing like a lot of states you know that your permit acts as your background check basically yep you know like yep. a good example good difference in that is when i was in alabama the the a lot of the sheriff's departments didn't do a background check for a pistol permit so they oh, yeah. actually rescinded the ability for the Alabama permit to be used as a secondary option. Right. Oh. But I saw because we, you had several prohibited persons were getting pistol permits because like somebody knew the you know deputy or sheriff or whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, Sam says, "Ghost is your Marine Corps sidearm that you had when you served in your rotation." So the M9, the Breda ninety two. No, it's hanging on my peg wall right over there um no i do not carry the 92 fs um not that i don't think it's a good gun to carry i i just i, I never have um i don't i don't i carry inside the waist um i would not carry a 92 inside the waist all my holsters for that thing are going to be outside the waist i don't necessarily like carrying outside the way i do sometimes maybe during the winter time when i've got a hoodie on or something like that uh, when I carry, I carry inside the waistband, and the 92 is not an easy gun uh, to carry inside the waistband. So I, it is not in my rotation, no. Don't lie. You live out all your Bruce Willis fantasies. Dude, we're live. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, Marcus says, anybody carry secondary like an ankle gun? I, I I have an ankle holster. I think I've used it once in my life. I don't remember when a lot. It might have been years ago. I, I'm not a big ankle holster guy. I know that there are times like if you're wearing a, you're in a suit or something and, and um it's hard to carry and you, you know an ankle holster is great. As far as carrying a backup gun, whether it's a pocket gun or whatever, yeah, I've got um I've got a, a, a love it. It's it's what is is in the LCP thing uh, realm. It's it's the Smith and Wesson bodyguard. It's a little three eighty, small little three eighty. Throw that in the pocket, and I love it. But uh, I, I don't I don't carry ankle. I'll just if I if I have it, I've actually got. I'll throw it in my pocket, or I've got a little pocket holster for that thing. Um, but I'll usually pocket carry a backup gun. But honestly, I I I can probably count on two hands the times in my life that i've carried a backup gun uh just not something i, I do um it's gonna sound strange i don't 
carry every second of every day. I don't carry everywhere I go. Um, if it's something that I have to carry a backup gun, um, I'll, I'll really think about it. Do I really need it at that point? If I'm going to a place where I probably won't need it, then I usually just won't carry. Um, well, and if you're going someplace that you think you might need it, you might want to choose. I'm not going to carry going a yeah, little. I, yeah. If I'm going to a place that I might have to carry, I'm not carrying a backup gun. If if, if I'm going to go there, I'm going to carry my normal carry gun. Well, what I'm saying is oh. if it's a place that you think you need a backup gun to go with yeah. your primary, you, probably you don't may need not to go want there. to be going to that place. Yeah, This is true, too. That's part of the situational awareness is knowing yep. where you're going. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yep. Um. I know, Chase, you said that you carry the LCR or LCR, LCP, I can't remember, whatever it is, um, LCP that you've been carrying that as a backup gun forever. Um, That's more of a staple because I had it for so long. I just, I can drop in a pocket and forget it. But I can promise you between that and the 365, if I get into it, if I ever get into it, the 365 is what's getting used. Yeah. Well, just let me ask you this. Um how often do you find yourself carrying a backup gun? And I'm not just saying just the LCP, but I'm saying is like a legitimate, a backup. Like like I generally have two on me, not all the time. Yes. I mean, especially where I'm at for like shorts and t-shirt. I generally just drop my LCP yeah. in my pocket and that's the end. Of there you it. go. You know, I, it really where I'm at, like where I used to live, for example, like, so when I lived in Montgomery, like I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, that's a place you better carry. All right. Yeah. Town yeah. is just, it's, it's a lot of areas aren't what they used to be. And that's one of them. And, you know, I, everywhere I went, I had a gun on me. Like I didn't care what a sign said, unless I went through a metal detector, you better believe I had a gun on me. Yeah. A lot of times too, just because of the current situation. Now where I'm at in Florida, honestly, I'm not that worried about it. Like I cannot have something on me and I don't feel underprepared. You know what I mean? You know, know, generally at the least I have LCP in my pocket. Yep. Um, Clove, your primary carry typically is a Glock 42, which is typically used as a backup gun, ironically. But I mean, regardless of what you're carrying, do you ever carry multiple guns? I mean, I have. Um, yeah. But it's rare. Um, Very rare. It, yeah. It's mostly. It's mostly an issue. You know, I'm usually in the woods or something. It's it's not even yeah. a. I mean, yeah. like I'm, a, I'll carry a, a bigger bore something on a drop leg or you know something like that, and then I, you know because I'm gonna I'm gonna detach that probably if I go into town or if I'm doing something like that, right? So, yeah. um, you know, if you're out on the range, you know, you're you know, range duty or something. A lot of times I'll carry something larger in a in a uh, in a drop leg and then i've still got you know the 42 or whatever it might be sure. um but I, you know it's it, nah, i don't really go into town or do anything like that with a with a backup now i have carried ankle carry primary before sure. um you know just because it's you know and if you do it's not that big of a deal but you need to you definitely need to, to train and practice with it Practice um, the draw, getting on the one knee yeah, and all that. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to go down right. And, and you want to find cover anyway uh, first. Yeah. But, um, 
but yeah, it's not it's not that big of a deal. It would be even easier. I have an ankle carry. Ankle carry is actually relatively comfortable, honestly. Um, yeah, it is, and that's it's, one it's, of the things about yeah, I like. You, know. you ain't got to worry about whether you're sitting or whatever. Yep. You really don't have to worry about you know anything like that. But what I was going to say is, I haven't actually, I actually have not ankle carried since I've moved away from jeans. And oh it yeah, be, it would be easier. Be easier, yeah, it would oh, be yeah. easier with, oh, with yeah. attack pants. Yeah. yeah. So now that we're talking about it, I might actually carry more now. Uh, and just in the, in the ankle holster, yeah. Because I may actually start uh, start back carrying ankle ankle again. To be honest with you. Yep. I'll tell you, as far as you're talking about ankle carry in the industry, a lot of dudes ankle carry because of what they have to wear like work-wise yep. like you're at these shows Absolutely. you're going like reps going into stores and stuff they have to have a you know a lot of companies require a cleaner cut appearance yeah, yeah they you're wearing slacks and a button down shirt and a sport coat or just a button down or golf shirt and yeah. slacks you'll notice a ton of dudes in the industry wear boots instead of dress shoes everywhere yep with their dress yep. clothes and that's because they have a boot Inside gun or an ankle gun mm -hmm. going on because of that you just you see a lot of like like lightweight revolvers and you see a lot of like what we're talking about bodyguards lcps glock 42 42s yeah well and and it's not a normal place that's not not that anybody's scoping you out to see if you're yeah. anyway but people aren't gonna be looking at your ankles yeah most people oh my gosh he's printing that. around his ankle right most <laughs> it's my ankle monitor there. calm down i think you and you know that's a real thing i mean a lot of people wouldn't pay oh, yeah. that much of a much of a notice and there's something out there also, if you're new to the game and all of that, um, we've talked about different stuff you carry in your person. And if you're one of those that want to start carrying maybe a tourniquet or some sort of an IFAC, um, a first aid kit, um, ankle, you can carry an IFAC, they make them that fit on your ankle. And there are some companies that will have an ankle holster that on the outside of that holster, you can fit uh, a small first aid kit or a tourniquet so you can have all of it on one now that would that be bulky sure but there are there are things out there that uh the ankle the ankle carry um is a very 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 valuable way to carry um it, like i said it all depends on what what you're going to be doing what you're going to be wearing and all of that but yeah clover you're right i mean you know if 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 you don't like carrying around the waist or you're worried about printing or you're worried about other things and you wear pants ankle carry is a very viable way to carry and it is and, and it is it's very comfortable it's not you, you're not going to have to worry about sitting down and being uncomfortable that it's a very comfortable way to carry uh for sure now taylor out there says in arkansas uh can you qualify for both uh semi-automatic and wheel gun yes if you qualify with a semi-auto, then you automatically can carry a revolver also. If you qualify a revolver, you can only carry a revolver. If you qualify with a semi-auto, you can carry any handgun. So um, you do semi-auto, you're covered with everything. Uh, Abigail says, oh, hold on here. Good Lord, you're killing me, Clover. Um, let's see here. I'm going to miss this go back up here abby says in florida a carry permit is a carry permit my friend qualified that glock 17 and he carries a ruger gp 100 there you go uh here in florida 
uh, you shoot 24 rounds is laughable. If you think that's laughable, come to Arkansas. Now, for the enhanced carry permit that allows you to carry on college campuses and, and bars and restaurants and government places and all of that, it's a 50-round qualification you've got to uh, score a certain score. For the basic concealed carry permit, there is no such thing as a, um, how do I put this, a true qualification. There is no standard. You It depends on your instructor. Uh, if, you, if you go out to the range with your instructor and you shoot five times and you hit a target and he feels that you're okay to carry, you shoot five times and you're done. Uh, it's They take in Arkansas, they take the shall issue very seriously. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, because uh, last time I got my enhanced redone, um, well, the, well, actually, when I got my, when I took my enhanced, because once you take your enhanced, it automatically stays. You never have to renew it. When I took my enhanced, I took my, my daughter was getting her normal concealed carry testing done. And there was a lady that literally bought her gun the day before. And she was getting her, her, her first, her regular, uh, concealed carry permit, but bought the gun the day before and hadn't even taken it out of the box until we got to the range that next day had never fired a firearm in her life. Uh, to say the least, she, she scared me. I've only been truly scared on a range once. And that was it. I, I literally told the instructor, it's like, look, you need to fix that or I will, or I'm leaving. Um, it was borderline incredibly unsafe. Um, it is what it is, but no, um, the testing here is a joke, which is fine. I want more people to carry, um, and all of that. Uh, it's a joke. Most said, ways, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. A guy in her class had a group that looked like a birdshot pattern. Exactly. Uh, snob said way back when I took my class out instructor provided the guns just to make it simpler for now. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of them will do that, especially if, if you don't have a gun. Um, maybe you're trying to figure out the best gun to get for you, but you want to go ahead and get your permit because it, it takes a while. It's going to take you a month and a half to two months to get your permit in from the state. Um, so maybe you start that process while you're looking for the gun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, when I go to the range, I always have three or four guns anyway. So if anyone needs to borrow one, here you go. But yeah, uh, I think the, the instructor providing or the, you know, most instructors I know around here will bring two or three guns that people can shoot if they choose to. Um, Taylor says people are going to want to qualify the multiple guns and it's going to create a paperwork nightmare for the local firearms officers. So since an inconvenience downtown is eventually will go away. I think, I think so too. I, I think that, I think that you're talking about New Jersey that's new to this thing. Um, I think that you will find whoever is in charge of doing all the permits and all of that stuff. Um, if people are going to qualify with four different guns, so they could carry all four guns. I think that eventually it will work out to where um, it'll be like most of the states. If you qualify with one, you can carry whatever. I, I hope that's the way it goes. Um, let's see here. Um, 
So Abigail says the only advantage of a permit here is not having to do with a three-day wait. Three-day wait? Um, man, you're speaking a different language. I, I don't know what a three-day wait is. So. so Florida enacted after the that last school shooting in Florida after the Parkland thing. Yeah. They instituted a three-day waiting period now. So oh, are you serious? Florida, instead of going through the traditional NICS, it's tied into NICS, but Florida has like F, like Florida's own background check system, and it's a three-day wait unless you have a permit. If you have a permit, you thought a 4473, do your thing, walk out the door. Yeah. You know, but that's... So if you don't have your permit, you have a three-day wait? Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Now, yeah. I wonder, has permit, have permits gone up? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, permits have gone up in this state anyway, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the things like permits obviously went up. So, I mean, and the state controls that. It's not like a lot of places the county sheriff controls. See, the that's issue. where we are. No, for yeah. here, it's it's our state police that control our permits. Yeah. Yeah, like Alabama was a good example. It was a local sheriff controlled it. And so they had jurisdiction. I wish that was the case. I wish that was the case here, but it's not. Um, now, G says, going on vacation Road trip, going to be sitting, main gun is pinned to your waist, a backup is handy on ankle or shoulders. We haven't even talked about shoulder carry. Um, I have you know, a couple shoulder holsters over here. I'm not a fan of them. Um, I think that they work in speci very specific um, circumstances. You're, you're wearing a sport coat or, or, or a, a coat during the wintertime, uh, yeah, if you, uh, I, I, I know around here and you know, Clover and Chase, you guys jump in here. By the way, I'm just bullshitting. You guys can talk around here. A lot of the motorcycle guys wear shoulder holsters, which I think is probably actually a pretty decent idea. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't dislike shoulder holsters. I just don't ever have too many circumstances that I'm wearing. Like I don't wear jackets during the winter. I wear hoodies. Uh, or I wear like pullover fleeces or something. So I don't wear like jacket jackets. Uh, during the summertime, I'm sure as hell not wearing jackets. I don't wear sport coats very often. Um, so for me, the, the shoulder holster, there's very few opportunities in my life that I would probably have to wear a shoulder holster. I've got a couple just in case, but I'm trying to think. I don't think I've actually ever carried with a shoulder holster. Uh, what do you guys think about shoulder holsters? I'm not, I'm not anti shoulder holster personally. No. Like, you know, yeah. you know, some of the shoulder rigs are, you know, really good looking rigs yeah. or whatever, but it's just, it's not for me. Same thing for you. Like one where I'm at now, it doesn't ever get cold enough to really need it. Like, you know, a couple weeks out of the year anyway. Yeah. And like you, I've generally got a hoodie or like a fleece pullover or something like that on. So it's not feasible for me. And if I'm in something like a sport coat or something, I can appendix carry, I can pocket carry, I can put it on an ankle. I'm not running a yeah. shoulder rig. And shoulder rigs are generally for bigger frame guns anyway. I don't I don't personally want to put a you know a mid-size, full-size gun on a shoulder rig and all that extra weight. Plus, they're anybody who's never worn a shoulder rig for a long time, they're hot. They're not super comfortable after a while. And they're they get, not comfortable. Yeah. They're just not. You know, I know everybody see all now, the I, I think if you wear them all the time. I guess you probably get you just like anything else. You get used to it, but yeah, yeah. for me, a shoulder holster is just not comfortable. 
the the cringiest oh. thing I used to like just like it just made me go ugh is every time somebody would come in and it was always some junk gun half time it was you know some thirty year old hunk of crap and they were like they would buy an Uncle Mike's shoulder rig and that's how they planned yeah. on carrying and it was like yeah. always like some like third tier wannabe security guard or just you know dude straight don't out mess with, don't don't mess with tier nine operators don't <laughs> mess with and I was just like. You know, you can get a really good holster for like 30 bucks, man, and just not yeah. worry about that crap, but whatever. So I've got, I've got, I don't even know what brand it is. I think it might be a Blackhawk or, or something. Um, I've got like the nylon tactical shoulder holster. And then I've got, I think it's a, a, a DeSantis, whatever, uh, a nice leather one. Um, I do have a Galco Miami class. And, and, and a really good leather ch shoulder holster looks pretty cool. I mean, you know, it, it looks good. They um, do. They're I just, not cheap. I just don't have anyone. No, they're not. But I, I would never I would never wear them. Now, maybe if I open carried one day, um, just for the hell of it, might open carry the shoulder holster. That'd be kind of interesting, you know? Go oh. like the Boogaloo Hawaiian shirt with the shoulder holster and and throw the 92 in there or something. And because I think my, I think it's a universal holster on mine on the, uh, the leather one. Now the, 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 the nylon one has, uh, I've got it hooked up to where you can change out holsters through a, a, a quick lock mechanism. So I can put whatever holster I want on there through the QLS system. But the leather one I think is, is pretty much like a universal holster. It can hold kind of whatever you want. Yeah. That might I be a cool thing though. That's why I love the like the nylons and stuff was like mine was like it's pattern for nineteen eleven and it yeah you know, I, had, I had the really pretty like cognac tan Galco the Miami classic you know and I that's it. kind of what color my I think I think is my uh, Desantis or Desantis whatever I think yeah. is what it's called I think that's what that but it, but it's that 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 really yeah it's 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 pretty I bought it for giggles I wore it, I wore it on my old shop a couple times and stuff like that you know just for that's really truly what it was. I can't I, remember you know, his name. Sean, what's a guy's name? Clover from Alien Gear that does their live stuff, their live stream all the time. Oh crap! Well, he, he used to. He used to. It's not Sean, but no. Shane maybe. Whatever his name, he always wore a shoulder holster. He never had a gun in it. He just wore a shoulder holster like every day. It was a nice leather one, but he never had a gun in it. Matter of fact, I think he had like a a, a, a magazine in it. Didn't have a gun, but as, as maybe that's where he kept this. But he wore it on top of everything. He he's wore it around, but he never had a gun in it. It's like, is that like your most, purse? I don't I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. Most shoulder holsters are horizontal carry. Usually only the big. I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not a huge head. horizontal carry guy. And so you know, either way, my problem with doing that and doing it open now, if it's under a jacket or under an outer shirt that's unbuttoned or something like yeah. that. That's one thing, um, but I have seen issues with people in the public. Let's just say public disturbance type issues. Sure, people walking around with straight up open carry shoulder holsters that were horizontal, yep. and that was the thing was that sure. everybody was getting muzzle flashed. And I get it. The hammer's down in the safety zone into this, and I get it. You, and you, and you but, even snap over across the hammer. That I don't get it. understand firearms and all of that. They and and let's be honest: Are you going to to walk up behind somebody that's flagging you, even though it's in a holster? I mean, I'm yeah, probably not. 
I was gonna say I can't. That's one thing I can't stand is like getting behind somebody's got a shoulder rig on and yeah. like looking down the barrel of a forty-five or whatever. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah. it's uncomfortable. Like, no, I, I, I'll go with a vertical. I like a good vertical, and and you and they're harder to find. They're usually more expensive to find a vertical shoulder holster. Um, and, and maybe that's why I don't like. You know, I said they're earlier the shoulder the, holster they're are pain in the neck to draw from too. They they are, uh, and, and maybe that's one of the reasons why I also say that shoulder holsters aren't comfortable. Maybe the horizontal holster shoulder holsters are more comfortable uh, than ver. I don't know, um, but yeah. Now G Web says he often travels in a tuxedo because he's not low class. That's fair. That's fair. Um, he's oh, wearing a tuxedo in, in the van, and that's a you know that that's a great look. Yeah, I will say I like the the chest rig. Like holsters, like for being out, like oh, doing yeah. work on property Best or, rigs on are great. or yeah. something like that, out hunting. Those things are awesome. Yep. Yeah, I'm yep. not gonna walk around no. every day with one on. Yeah, um, you could. I mean, yeah, you could. you could. They had they had really well, especially under a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Or a zip but at that point, if you're wearing a hoodie and you're wearing a chest rig and you're wearing a hoodie over it, you're going to have to bring that hoodie all the way up to draw. So. You can go through the neck. Well, if it, yeah, I guess you could. You can, I mean, you can still get to it if you have to, but but a zip up windbreaker, you know, maybe, but, light jacket, yeah, but maybe like the maybe the chest rig might be your backup gun. It might it might but, not be your primary carry, you know. But it's it's really good for like around property and like I said, hunting and. That's one of the main things for. Yeah, let me ask. Um, let me ask you this: with your chest rig that you've got, Clove, um, is it a universal holster, or no. is it firearm specific? No, all of mine are, and I have several. All of them are firearm specific. Now, can you exchange no. holsters onto that, or is it you buy no. that that chest rig for that particular gun? Yeah, okay. they're either straight up like leather and Kydex or they're straight up like neoprene and Kydex and it's all yeah. molded too. And so, okay. So, all right. Yeah. There's no swapping. Out. So you're buying, you're buying a chest rig for literally a specific gun. Yeah. Let's go with that wordage. Okay. Yeah. But no, sure. No, I hear you. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Taylor says this may sound crazy. Used to keep a chest rig, Bedside with an FN FO9 T509T uh, for the bump in the night situation. Yeah. Um, I I got no problem with that. Uh, let's see here. And I, I, he's right. Uh, keeps both hands available for flashlight. Absolutely. Um, um, let's see here. I'm not sure what he's talking about. That's awfully MVE of you. I don't. I must have said something earlier. Um, <laughs> mandatory carries also my uncle Mike's shoulder holster is doubled up and rigged to his gun belt so that's another thing we don't talk about our, our, our battle belts or war belts or whatever you want to call them gun belts um, you know some people will have a, 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 a battle belt beside the bed and, and throw that on there and all that um, here, here's a piece of EDC equipment that very few people ever think about okay um, and I carry some just because they're really small and they're easy too. But, um, do you either you guys ever carry any hearing pro in your pockets just in case? No, you, you, you think the little foamies or whatever. Nah, yeah. nah, yeah. <clears throat> I already got tinnitus. What's what? Screw it, let's make it worse. 
I, I have uh, in my in my vehicle. I don't carry it in my, my pocket a lot, but I, I sometimes if I know I'm going to the range that day, I'll throw them in my pockets. I'll forget about them and and all that. But um, I've got several pair of the decibels, the uh, the molded little plugs that go in the ear, which are great. They're cheap and they're phenomenal. No, I've got and stuff in the vehicle. Sure, yeah, in the truck, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in the vehicle all the time. But what I'm saying is, is those are my favorite. So if I get up in the morning and I think that hey, there's a chance I might go to the range this afternoon, I'll go ahead and throw those in my pocket because I'll know I'll forget them. I'll, I'll forget to come home and grab them or whatever and all of that. Um, but those are, if there are people that are worried about that, you can go to Walmart and get those little orange foamies for nothing. And I mean, if you want to carry them in your pocket, you can, but, uh, always have some, at least two or three different types of hearing pro in your vehicles at all times. Yeah. And my little like go bag in the truck. I always have like the little surefire sonic defenders cause they have. The oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Throw it in and go. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Let me try to catch up here. If it's a holster, if it's in a holster, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, it'll probably be safe. Abigail says. Um, G Webs is still on the tux thing. He says white tux. You can't see the dog hairs as much. That's true. The white dog and a white tux. Yeah, you'll be. You'll probably be safe. Um, CNT says I'm a thong and flip flop kind of a guy myself inside the waist is the way to go. If you're wearing a thong, then there is no good way to carry. First of all, if you're wearing a thong, then that's a whole nother conversation we have to have. I'm just saying, I think he might be thinking the thongs like the, uh, the flip flop thongs. But when you say a thong and flip flop, um, uh, I'm, I'm picturing like a thong and wearing flip flops. And if you're wearing a thong, there is no way to carry. Uh, although I'd like to see you maybe if you're wearing a thong and flip-flops, I would like to see you in a, in a nice uh, shoulder holster. That would be a great look. Or even or even a, an ankle holster with your flip-flops. That's a great that's a great look. Just saying. Please make that happen out there, CNT. Um Yeah, and, and Weston brings up chest rigs again. They're good for having a lot of clothes on like hunting. Yeah, I would say Clover, you know, you talk about when you go hunt a lot, sometimes you'll do a drop leg. Um, would you consider doing a drop leg and a chest rig when you're hunting to, you know, be able to to carry multiple handguns if you need to? Or would or would you choose the chest rig over a drop leg uh if you're going hunt now? Cuz you've been getting into the chest rigs the last couple couple of years. Yeah, I honestly go more with a chest rig now than I would a drop leg. Yeah, without a okay. doubt it I mean, it keeps it out of the way. I mean, it's in it's in front of you, so it's easier to get to. It's not down low, so you're not snagging on brush or you know yeah. anything else. It's just it's just all around better. I mean, if you trip and fall and got to catch yourself, you're not going to fall on it. Or it's just mm -hmm. yeah, chest rig is just it's, that's the way to go in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Taylor says thanks, guys. Great discussions. Can't tell you what a thrill it is to finally be in the discussion. Never thought it would ever happen. I'll be back. Stay safe. Uh, welcome to the dark side of the concealed carry, everyday carry in New Jersey. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Marcus says he'd rather wear a chest rig than a shoulder for sure. Um, let's see here. Abby says my battle belt is a blue alpha gear belt with Safari Land LS holster med kit. 
and spare mags. My battle belt is a is a Wilder Tactical. I've got two AR magazine holsters on it, two um, pistol mag holders. Uh, I have a drop leg that's a Safari Land QLS system on it. It's not here. It's in my vehicle where I'd show you. I've got a video on it if you want to check it out. Um, and then a med kit in the back. And I got that Wilder Tactical. I, I used to carry a... Um, I, um, oh, I don't remember what kind it was. It might've been Blackhawk or something. The battle belt that I had, um, that I used for a long, long time. Uh, and I picked this one up. Clover. You remember we were in, uh, at the, ga uh, the gathering, it's the gathering. Yeah, it was the gathering down in South Carolina. I picked up the, uh, the wild tactical belt and me and Josh were in there putting it together and all that and, and yeah. all that. But yeah, Wilder Tactical, it's a phenomenal belt. It's expensive. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's, it's like a $600 job, but it, it, it gives you everything. It's got the inner belt. It's got, I mean, it's, 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 it's got everything you want, but there are, are battle belt systems you can get for under a hundred dollars for sure. And, and if anyone tells you that Blackhawk makes a bad one or uh, Safari land makes a bad one or whatever, because they're, not as expensive as others that's that's crap the blue alpha gear blue alpha gear makes a great they make all their stuff is pretty good um but there's a lot of, if you're interested in battle belt now battle belts aren't they're not a necessity um and i don't wear them for home defense or anything i keep mine in the car i use them for training and stuff like that um but i, I want to say that my other one was uh, i don't even know where that one is now i gotta find it i might set it up for something else but uh, i think i think it was a black hawk either black hawk or safari land i can't remember but i've had that for years and, and it was a great one so um yeah weston says uh worst case i use my bluetooth earbuds yeah so you're talking about ear pro at that point sure um let's see here g23 says i got a lot of foam earplugs for free from work yeah i got a whole case of them in my vehicle that i hand out to people um G webs stop scrolling oh. some stuff. What's that? Am I am I way I just, behind? No, I just saw the comments start popping up. I was like, what you've been looking at while we're talking. Yeah, um, I'm trying to catch up on some of these comments. Um Abby says her mag pouch or HG HSGI taco pouches with the rifle pistol combo. So I have my AR here and then in front are my pistol they're not separate they're they're sitting they're separate but i've attached them to the the, the front of my ar mag so they're also all of my mags are within right here so a pistol and ar mags are right there so yeah wow, uh, blue off she said good stuff too yeah yeah she says her, her 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 uh battle belt was 150 yeah and, and blue alpha gear they they make really good quality stuff um, but I'll say this, if, 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 and, and once again, guys, I don't know why you're not just jumping and talking. You can, please feel free to do this, but if you're out there and for some reason, um, you're thinking about getting into the battle belt game, um, and you don't want to go spend 150 to $600 on a battle belt setup, it sounds crazy. Go to Amazon. And just type in battle belt. You can find a battle belt for probably $15, $20. Find a couple AR mags and a couple pistol mags or whatever. And a holster that will attach to it or whatever. 
you can probably get in all of that for less than $50 and just see if you like the setup of a battle belt for training or whatever it is you're, you're using it for. Um, before you go and spend a lot of money, you can get all that stuff for cheap and just try it out. Okay. Great thing about that is if you do like it and you do want to eventually upgrade, now you've got a second one that someone else can use or as a, as another, you know, backup battle belt or whatever but don't just jump in and buy a 600 dollars battle belt setup if you've never used one because you may not like it a lot of people don't like them I, I i personally do um but a lot of people may not so there's no reason to jump in on that if you're out there go to amazon or something like that or, or go to your local gun shop and they might have some used ones. Like, I don't know about you guys, Clover or Chase, but my local gun shop that I go to all the time, they've got a big trash can uh, that people come and just throw in old holsters in there. And you can get them for like a dollar or five dollars out of this. They're used, but people, I mean, I should probably do that because there's no telling how many holsters I've got here, but they've got shoulder rigs, chest rigs, drop legs, battle belts, and all that. And it's this huge trash can. And you just sift through it, and they're anywhere marked from anywhere from one dollar to five dollars because they're free. They, the people just donate them, and the, the, pro, the, the gun shop's going to get a dollar or five dollars off of you. But go check some of that stuff out. Go go check out some new stuff. If you have friends that have done a lot of training, chances are they probably have a battle belt set up. Ask them if they have an old one they're not using anymore, not to have, but just to try for a while to see if it's something you might like. But uh, don't jump in because you can jump in uh, pretty steeply. On, on a setup if you're not careful but try them out first but there's a lot of a lot of companies out there that make really really good stuff uh for a good price uh let's see here the bots are back but i think they're taken care of um this is the medical i have on the battle belt cost yeah and, and if you go get a really good med kit or a trauma kit um, they probably are going to cost more than the belt. Chances are your holster is going to cost a good holster is going to cost more than the belt. Um, but yeah, um, Gunsnow says core makes a really nice battle belt for a fair price. Uh, I, I think core essentials. I, 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 I love their, their, um, their ratchet belts. That's what I wear every day. Um, essentials makes really good i've never used their battle belt so i wouldn't be able to, to speak on that but i trust snob uh, and, and and snob i trust his opinion so yeah it, he says it's a good one then they probably are and core i can i can speak for core essential great belts but i've never used their battle belt for sure uh oh oh this one thing we never talked about my god how do we not talk about at least not having it on your purse but at least having it in your maybe your go bag or your vehicle a multi-tool. Hell, a multi-tool, everyone should have a multi-tool. Let's just be honest. Uh, multi-tools are, and you can get them for a couple bucks at Harbor Freight, or you can spend $100 on one, depending on what you want. But yeah, a, a multi-tool should be part of everybody's, um, they should have one in their vehicle so, or, or something. Go ahead. So Bass Pro and uh, Cabela's, okay. which are you know, the same. Uh, they you go there they have bins literally usually in the aisle uh with their knives their brand right mm -hmm. their knives mm -hmm. and their multi-tools their knives on one side mm -hmm. multi-tools on the other they're generally about 10 bucks those multi-tools really? yeah those multi-tools 
I don't know this for sure, and maybe somebody does, but they certainly look like they're made by Gerber. Um, oh, yeah. And they're not a full-size multi-tool as well. Okay. They're, I would say. Like a minimalist, almost? Yeah, they're almost like maybe. They're not like the mini things you like you see that Gerber makes, right? The micro yeah. tools. They're not like that. But I would yeah. say they're maybe half to three quarters the size, you know, mm -hmm. of a normal, what you would consider a normal multi-tool. So they're a little mm -hmm. bit smaller profile, great for the console, the glove box, that sort of thing. And for 10 yep. bucks, I mean, I, or even throwing it in your pocket it. for that matter. But for, you know, for 10 mm -hmm. bucks, uh, you cannot beat those things. They're awesome. I own several of those. And in fact, when we stopped, went on the road trip, stopped in Bass Pro, we picked up two for my daughter and my son-in-law. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's like, it's hard to pass that up when you walk A $10 multi-tool? Like, Hell yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Knowing that, knowing even, the quality. Even if you lose good. one, um, yeah. you're not out 50, 60 bucks or 100 bucks like some of them are, you know? That's yeah. great. And they're, good, and they're good quality stuff for, for 10 yeah. bucks, for sure. 100%. Um, Sam says, Ghost, so EDC knives, do you guys prefer folders or fixed blades or both? For EDC... Uh, I, I prefer folders uh, and I'm a big, most people that know me, I, most of the knives I carry on, on a daily are, are folders, folding karambits. I, I, I love a karambit. It's my favorite um, knife, but uh, definitely a folding karambit for EDC or, or just any, you know, here's another one here, just a little pocket knife. I, I'm a big folder for EDC. In my bag, I have three fixed blades. I love fixed blades, but I don't usually use them for carry every day on my person. Um, if they're going to be on me in my pocket, it's going to be a folder for me personally. In my bag, I'll always have a couple fixed blades uh, for sure. Clove Chase, uh, for I'm a, uh, let's let's talk about on your person. Are you guys more fixed blades or folders? Folder and typically not a very high dollar folder. Um, the yep. one I go to most often, not that, not that I don't get a high dollar one and at least for a little while I'll carry it. Um, but you know, the, the one I have gone back, gone back to lately is a Kershaw. And okay. I think it's the, what's it called? The hot wire. I think it's called the Kershaw hot wire, maybe. Um, and it's a fairly small little, you know, assisted open folder. Um, I love the blade on it. I love the, the minimalist aspect of it. Um, and it was, I want to say it was like 10 bucks or something. It wasn't high dollar. Shit. By any stretch of the imagination. I'm sitting here looking at that. Does that look familiar to you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a Kershaw. Um, it might, I don't know if it's a hot wire or not, but that but that's it's, that it's was not, a, a, it's not the blade is not it's about that size. It might be a little bit. Smaller, yeah, but the this, blade is, this is, is a crucial, but yeah, but this is uh, I mean, definitely a great knife. Blade. I just yeah, hot wire. yeah. But I'm looking at the hot wire and and it's the same design as far as everything else is the blade style is a little different, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what this one's called. It doesn't have like a little bit thinner blade and all on the, on the hot wire. So I said the hot wire may be a little smaller. Yeah. yeah it's probably, this is probably, it's got a, a relatively long blade for a folder on this. But uh, yeah, Kershaw makes good stuff. There's all sorts of great companies out there. And, and once again, you don't have to go and spend some of the best knives I have. Uh, I've got it for $10 or less, you know, um, 
you don't have to go and spend an $250 for a, a nice little Foley knife, but I prefer folders for um person. Chase, what about you? I'm a folder for an EDC and I'm a hundred percent self-admitted knife whore. Have been way before I, I was a gun whore. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have expensive knife taste. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like my I rotate knives around. Like I carry different knives all the time, you know, because I like I mean I like them and I like to carry them. I mean, I might be carrying a hundred dollar knife one day, I might be carrying a six hundred dollar knife the next day. It just depends on what I feel like. But now, will you ever carry a ten dollar knife? No. There you go. That's okay. I, I need. I mean, I'm not knocking somebody who does. It's, it's what. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. That that's that's just some people have. To, yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm not going to carry. I, I'm like I tell people all the time. Like, you know, I get. Not everybody's going to spend crazy money on whatever. You know, like right. what we're talking about a minute ago, a good Kershaw for thirty to fifty bucks, dude. You can't beat it. You can't you beat know, it for the little, price. Yeah. You know, sub hundred dollars, like a Benchmade grip, like a mini mm -hmm. grip or Griptilian is one of the best knives on the market. Lifetime warranties. You can't hurt them. I'm not saying everybody's got to carry an Emerson or a Medford or a Chris Reeve right. or, you know, something crazy. I mean, if you do more power to you, I mean, I know dudes that carry, you know, $2,000, you know, one-off customs and stuff, you know, it's, case. it's all what you're into. Yeah. Some high dollar case. Yeah. Stuff out high dollar case. Like, you know, yeah. I, I know a lot of, I know guys that carry like McHenry Williams, you know, that kind of stuff. Very like their mm -hmm. works of art. They're, you know, much as much as they are tool. And they're, they're custom made specifically for them, you know? Yeah. But I carry, I carry knives that are what I consider tool knives that are still extremely high quality. You know, they're still works of art with yeah. themselves, but like my Chris Reed, for example, I don't have the, I don't have the super inlaid like Macarta and pretty stuff. Mine's a, mine's a standard Sabenza titanium. You know, mm -hmm. I've got a few Medfords that are absolute tanks. I mean, I custom got a truck with that thing. You know, they're yep. heavy for most people. They wouldn't carry them, but like my, I, I carry, a, uh, a bitch made Osborne all the time. You know, I carry that probably more than anything. A couple yeah. hundred bucks, can't kill it. Lifetime warranty. It cuts anything I want it to. I'm all about better quality construction and the steel. Something that's yep. basically something that just lasts forever. Are you a Damascus guy? I'm a huge Damascus guy. Love I love Damascus. Damascus, you know, look wise. I don't normally yeah. carry a Damascus knife. I have, I've got a few Damascus knives. I got a few Damascus kitchen knives. That, are, that I oh, use a yeah. lot. Yeah. But yeah. that's not like my everyday. I like, you know, harder tool steels, the different, yep. you know, S30V, SA, stuff like that. You know, something that's hard. I carried for a long time a, um, a bench made auto Adamus that was, it was D2, but that thing was a tank. It was an auto, it was just a standard mm -hmm. folder, but it was an auto and that thing was heavy, but it never would stop. And the way I looked at it for around a $200 knife, if something happened to it, I wasn't upset. If something happened to it, I wasn't scared to use it, abuse it, whatever. And it, I mean, it still holds up, still hanging out just fine. Yep. I think Man Against the Masses wins the internet tonight. He says, I carry a band aid in my wallet. Does that count? Absolutely, it does. You never know when a band aid could literally save a life. Just saying. Um, yeah. Uh, Abigail says my EDC knife is a, a CRKT fossil. If you remember, are you familiar with that one, Chase? Yeah, I mean CRKs are good little knives. CRKs, excuse me, are good but knives. I, I, mean, I don't, I don't know what a, a fossil model is. Do you? Are you familiar with that? Oh, dude, they got so many now; it's not funny. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, CRKTs, Kershaw's. I mean, there's a lot of really good knives for not a lot of money out there. Yep. Yep. Uh, Gary says the Elementrum is his EDC at the moment, but he does rotate. His, I, I rotate through about two or three different knives, but they're all, uh, I'll always have a, a folding karambit. If it's on my purse, it's going to be a folding karambit. I've got bigger ones, smaller ones. Um, but yeah, I'm a karambit guy. Um, and I'm not a snob. Like this one, I think was like $30. You know, um, I've got one that was more, obviously I've got some that are less, but I, I don't, I don't know why I've always loved a karambit. Um, so yeah. I always, if it's on my person, it's going to be a karambit folding for sure. Um, what do you guys think about SOGs? Um, you know, I, I got a couple of SOGs that are, are, are decent knives. Matter of fact, there's one on my, my rig over here. It's a fixed blade. Uh, SOG, I, I don't mind SOGs. A lot of people, like, SOGs are kind of like the, uh, for me, they're the uh, O-lights of the knife world. You either love them or hate them. Um, and I'm not saying I love them, but I, I, I do, I do have some SOGs. They're not my favorite, but they're definitely not my least favorite knives. I think they're pretty good for what they are. Um, and, and there's some really high-end SOGs as well, but I think, I think SOGs get a bad rap because they're SOG. But I don't dislike SOGs. What do you guys think of them? Some of the SOGs are great little knives for what they are. I mean, yeah. I've got one of the first-gen seal pups that that thing has hung around forever. It's a good little knife. I've got a, I've got one of the SOG Tomahawks, like a hatchet Tomahawks that yeah. I've had for years. I've cut all kinds of crap with that thing, just using it. You know, it's a good, It's to me, it's like SOGs are like Kershaw's and the CRKTs, and that's how they're, they're yeah. good entry-level knives they are. for somebody yeah. for what they are, yeah. And, and they're not going to fail you when you need them the most. You know, they're, they may not be able to do what others can do, but they won't fail you if, if you have to use it, so. I've got, you know, SOG is one of those things that, I don't know, it's just that they're really common, available a lot of places. And I've got, you know, I've got a Tomahawk, I've got a machete, I've got several folders, I think oh, I've yeah. got a couple of fixed blades. But the inter interesting thing about SOG for me is one of my favorite knives uh, is a assisted open stiletto that is marked SOG that I got off eBay because it just looked so freaking cool. And but it's in, fact, not? I, in fact, I used it today. It's a fake. It, that thing is, yeah. and I actually talked to Sog about it one, one year at shot show um, to, to confirm it. But I looked at every Sog catalog for as long as, <laughs> as I never could find, could find it. And it was not in a single Sog catalog. <laughs> nowhere. No, it's totally fake. But uh, it is an awesome knife though. It is you so that freaking chai Sog. Yep, that's exactly right. And it wasn't super cheap. It was like, well, it was you know free shipping. It was like nineteen ninety nine or something. But it looked so right. cool. It's like I I gotta buy that. I gotta buy that. And then I got it in. I didn't even give any thought to if it was real or not. And then I got it in. And I mean, it come in a box that was had the label and the logo and everything. It's got the the logo etched into the blade. Uh, but it is not. Yep. Um, Sam says he just ordered the spider coefficient with the Brown G 10 grips. Um, took fence three years and taught for one. 
so 5160 is a special place in my heart. I talk about the mini barrage, uh, snob and Gary R. Mario's out there. What's up, Mario? Now, G23 says if you dislike the SOG and you have some, you can send it to me and I'll make sure they have a good home. Uh, 100%. Uh, you'll never hear me talk bad about SOG. Um, I just think that SOG is like an Olight. You, you know, it's just either you like them or you don't. And most of the time, when you don't like them, it's, I don't know. But it is what it is. Um, let's see what that efficient looks like. Spyderco efficient. I like Spyderco. Spyderco is another one that you can get for, you know, um, good prices that are decent knives. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. A little drop point. Drop point. Um, three inch drop point. $57. There you go. That's not bad at all. Yeah, Spider Co's not bad at all. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he, just, he doesn't like the whole. I, I, I get it. I mean, you know, every, and see, here's the thing is everyone has a different look that they like. Some people have different. I mean, a lot of people don't like karambits. It is what it is. They don't like the look or the feel of a karambit. They don't like a fighting knife. This is not a worker's knife. It's, 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 it's a combat. It's, it's a fighting knife. Let's just be honest. Um, but like, I like Tonto's. I like it. You know, drop points. Good. Um, my favorite blades, probably a Tonto. Um, but everyone had, there, there are so many different blade types and blade characteristics and all that. Every company has their own little niche where someone might have a hole in the blade or whatever. I, I get it. Um, but that's the wonderful thing about knives is there is something out there for literally anyone, um, that you can find, whether it's folding, fixed, assisted, um, whatever on, on auto blade in whatever blade style that you could possibly ever want. And you can find them anywhere from $10 to a thousand dollars. They literally have anything and everything that you could possibly find in the knife world. Um, and I, and, and I promise you this. What's that? I was going to say, I would tell you about who's a knife, like a remote knife guy. If they ever have a chance, just once in your life, go to Blade Show and see the insane. And that's one down in Atlanta. Yeah. They do a Blade uh, Show in West, to go there. Like out, they do a West Side, you know, West Side of the Country Blade Show. It's not quite as big as the traditional Atlanta show, but just – it's not really expensive to go, but everybody should go to just go to it once just to see the insane amount of options out yeah. there. You'll find here's, here's the oh, go ahead. Sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was just saying, there's just so much stuff out there. I mean, if you're trying to decide on what you think you like, like we're talking about karambits and all this other stuff, that's a, yeah. that is the opportunity to go try everything. You know, here's the bad thing about knives if you ever like I think everyone probably has like a knife and go get for a couple of dollars at Walmart. But if you ever like take the time and do research and, and buy yourself, and I'm not talking about a $300 knife. I'm talking like a $50 knife, but you take the time to research what style you like, what grip you like, what blade style you like, what size, what weight, all of that stuff. You take the time and actually find like a knife that you really do like. I promise you the bad thing about knives is you will end up with hundred of them. That's just the way it goes. Um, and you will have some that are $5 all the way up to a couple hundred or more or whatever. But that's the thing about knives is 
you can't just have one. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where if you get into knives, you get into knives. And I would I would love to go to Atlanta to to, to Blade Show. Uh, that would be amazing. Um, even if it's just for a day or so, that would be awesome to go there. But uh, yeah, um, let's see here. Sam says, "What karambit is that?" So this is a uh, attack force, TAC force, attack force, um, and um, yeah, it's just attack force. It's got a little girth to it, little little weight to it, which I like. Um, but yeah, this is attack force. Once again, probably a forty fifty dollar knife. Nothing outrageous. Um, and all of that and, and snob is right once you go buy a good knife and, and a good knife once again could mean a 50 or 100 dollar knife it doesn't mean it has to be a 500 dollar knife but a good knife even if it's a 50 dollar knife you're not gonna usually go back to the five dollar knife unless you're just buying a five dollar knife to have throw them around you know in the cars or in drawers or whatever. But yeah, uh, once you get a, a good knife, very rarely will you go back um, to a cheap knife. Uh, Clove, I'm going to go with you. And um, do you have, do you, I, I know we've talked about this before. I don't know, but I don't know if it was on the show or if it was a personal uh, private conversation. Do you have a specific style of blade or type of blade um that you like the most or does does the blade design really matter to you blade to, blade design for me is like everything um okay. so typically like a drop point maybe a spear mm -hmm. point i want like a Ooh, yeah, sure. flow to the blade i don't now, do you point. do you like the spear point to be double-edged or single-edged um it, it really doesn't make me okay. much difference on that you just like uh, the design of the spirit I want the profile okay. i want the profile to be fairly smooth mm -hmm. and then uh you know i don't like a super wide blade uh yep. okay. either and then okay. um i'm not a big fan of, of serrations as well so okay at all for any reason you know they have their purpose you know and i'm not like, I'm like, not like on, on a survival or, knife or a rambo knife if you were buying a rambo or survival knife you wouldn't not okay. even on that because i mean i'm a big fan of buoy knives right they don't have those okay um yeah, right. but and then a lot of the k-bars don't have you know you can get k-bars with or without sure uh, yeah. i get them with i get them without um so i mean i'm not a but that's but that's not a deal breaker like serrations is not a deal breaker for me um yeah. it's just if i can all things equal if they have a version with serrations and have one without everything else you grab one without i yeah. grab the one without yeah without a doubt it won't yeah. be a deal breaker if there's not that option but yeah 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 um yeah i i i i typically am a, am a big tonto fan uh uh blade i love the tonto blade always a ceramics for me, though, a, a good drop point's phenomenal. Uh, I've got some spearhead. I, I've got probably one of everything throughout the years. Um, but I would say Tonto or drop point for me are, are pretty, pretty much the go-to. But I'll, I'll say this. There are blades that I, there'll be, there are knives that I see some places that I go that 
I don't know if it's the, the way it was designed or it's the, the, the handle and the grip design. I don't know. But there are knives that are beautiful to me that I probably wouldn't necessarily like the blade in, an, in, in a different setup. Um, but I'm always finding, you know, knives are beautiful pieces of work. They really are. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying is there are certain things that are automatically going to draw my eye, different blades, different designs that are automatically going to say that's a good looking knife. But, um, yeah, getting into knives can be dangerous. Chase, I'm going to bring you back in. I know you had to step away for a second, but, uh, do you have a particular blade design, um, style that you like the most, or you, do you really don't care on the design? So like on my every day carry knives, like I have, like we were talking before and like, you're just saying, I have tons of blade styles, you know, I have a couple of as well, that kind of thing. But as an everyday knife, it's a drop point. It's drop point. You know, basic drop points, drop point. points yeah. piles, of, you know, a lot of tontos, whatever, but as an everyday knife, it's drop point. And like yep. Clover was saying, it's a, it's a non serrated, all my the vast majority of my fixed blades are non serrated. I just don't like dealing with the sharpening of a serrated blade, to be totally honest. No, I, really I, I, I like serrated blades, um, in more of a now, some are going to call them hunting knives, I'll call them survival knives or like Rambo knives, uh, multi task, big old honker knives. They're going to be able to do a lot of things. Um, but on everyday like pocket knives, especially if they're folding or whatever, I, I'm not a big serration guy, but I, I, I'm not going to put it this way. I'm not going to not buy a knife that I like just because it has serrations. Um, now, there are specific knives that I do want serrations on, but they're for specific reasons. So it is what it is. Uh, Marcus out there says, yeah, God, that's that two and a half hours. Holy shit. I just looked at the time. Had no way. We're going to get out of here in a minute, guys. Uh, Marcus says, am I the only one that carries a compass in the EDC bag? Phones dive. I get lost. My dad taught me to tell time with the sun. Okay. So in my EDC bag, I do not carry a compass. I do have a compass in a another bag that's in the vehicle. Um, but my everyday carry, I do not. What about you guys? Compass, are they part of your EDC lineup or no? Not my EDC, but I do like in my like oh survival bag. girl bag. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have, yeah. You know, yeah. I do have a compass in there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely can, not my EDC. No, I will say I, you know, I've always been very good at navigating anyway. Yep, I'm the same so, way. So I have a very good sense of cardinal direction and how to get where I'm going to begin with. But as a just in case, I do keep a compass in my like go bag. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, mandatory carry says, Marcus, where are you going that you need a compass for EDC? I think that's kind of funny. Uh, Chloe, what about you? A compass in your EDC? Do you or have you carried a compass in your EDC lineup? No, no, on my person or anything like that. But I mean, obviously, yeah, in the bug out, in the vehicle type thing. Yeah. Yep. Snob says, I like serrated blades to cut bread. Does that count? Absolutely, it does. Um, Marcus, hey, and I get it. I mean, we're not saying you shouldn't carry a compass, guys. And I'm not saying you're an idiot, Marcus. Uh, but Marcus, like I said, I'm the only one. Dad taught me always be prepared. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I get it. Hey, uh, compass is just not something that I think about for everyday carry. Like I said, 
in the uh, the go bag and all that that's in the vehicle at all times. There, absolutely. There's a, but uh, yeah, I don't. You know, I believe I, most I, I, of I us. I was gonna say I believe most of us are the age we all owned at some point the flea market Rambo the green on the grip absolutely yeah. come on now 100%. everybody had one of those you had your little flint and matches and you had your little you know chain saw all that stuff in there come on Ooh. we all had that I liked it so G23 just sent me a text of his folding karambit I'm gonna see if I can that is a pretty sweet looking knife right there. Uh, where'd you get that, bud? I might have to go grab me one of those. That's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, let me know where you got that if you don't mind, if you remember where you got it for sure. Um, let's see here. Anyway, so yeah, two and a half hours. I had literally no idea. My God. Um, sorry, folks. We went longer than we usually do. And I usually go pretty long, but uh, two and a half hours is a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Uh, before we get out of here, Clove, um, Chase, you guys have anything EDC topic wise that we need we haven't brought up or that you think people should be aware of, uh, or anything that you want to comment on what we've talked about tonight as far as EDC stuff goes? Anything loose ends we need to clean up? Thank you, Andy. Okay. Nah, All right. right. We covered a lot. We carried honestly, out a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Go get a med rig. Go get trained. If you're carrying something yep. to make holes, get something to plug holes. Yep. Uh, the great thing about first aid and stop the bleed classes, most of the time, most of the time, your local EMT or hospital will give free first aid, CPR, and stop the bleed classes. Free. They want people to be trained out there. So uh, we brought in um, our EMT service, and, and, and we gave – um, a stop the bleed class earlier, maybe like in March or February, whenever it was, we had like 30 some odd people show up to that at the range that we, um, me and the sheriff and, and we're involved with, um, and we brought our local EMT guys in. they brought uh, tourniquets for everyone for free, like handed them out. Uh, matter of fact, they only brought like 25 of them. We didn't think we we're going to have that many. And there was a few of them that say, Hey, stop by the office tomorrow we'll give you they only brought like 24 of them and we had over 30 people show up for for that which was awesome um but yeah stop the bleed first aid and cpr classes you can literally typically find classes for free and if you're not ready we talked about earlier if you're not ready to carry a gun because you're not ready to pull that trigger even if you are ready to pull that gun and use that trigger um, use that gun to pull out trigger. Learn stop the bleed. Learn how to use a tourniquet. Learn how to use an Israeli bandage. Use how to, to use uh, a clotting uh, substance. Go get first aid. Learn how to do CPR. You know, if like 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 Chase said, if you're willing to put a hole through someone, you need to learn how to plug that hole. And you need to learn that the, the most important person in a active shooter might be someone with medical experience that can you know revive someone keep someone alive until the ambulance gets there plug those holes be able to stop the bleed they're just as important as the people with the firearms so absolutely uh and most of the time like i said those classes are um are free so um gun snob says tell chase i said hi even though he forgot about me so snob says hi you must have forgot about him 
tell him I have not forgot. He's on his list. I have not forgotten about anybody. We have just been so swamped. You've been, right been a little busy. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, like, I hear since you. like since we talked to a bunch of people at NRA, I haven't stopped. And yeah, hopefully that's going to change here soon a little bit. It's going after August. It'll kind of slow down for a little bit for me, thankfully. Yeah. Okay. Let's hope so for you. Um, Chase, whether, well, we just kind of did it, but uh, in case you guys didn't know, Chase um, is a big wig with EAA. They import Gerson and several other companies. Uh, I know that you were at a show for buyer groups this weekend, but as far as EAA goes, what's coming down the line or what's out there that people need to be aware of with what you guys are bringing in? Well, I mean, since we're, you know, talking about ADC, we got the new, there you MCP go. P35 PI, which is like a detective model high power coming here soon. So you're basically looking at a three quarter inch shorter barrel and slide, you know, like what the very small number of like FN detectives and the, mm -hmm. the FEGs yeah. out of Argentina. It's that. Nice. So that pertains to what we're talking about tonight. That's the new, that's the new hotness coming. The PI, the PI. Yeah. And if you're looking for maybe a, uh, a an EDC um, 1911, the uh, SC the SC Ultimate or the 1911 SC, the nine millimeter 1911, yep. those things are pretty badass. Also, um, we had a lot so, of those ordered at the show. The old nine and forty five. Oh, did boat. you? Yeah. So I haven't. I oh, did I, I did shoot the forty five at in in um, Alabama because. Yeah. They didn't bring the nine millimeter uh, magazines, but yeah, um, not, yeah. But those those are phenomenal. The SCs are phenomenal. Little carry nineteen elevens, little if you will for those that are out there, snub nose nineteen elevens, if you want to call them that. But they, they're awesome guns. They're really good. Uh, obviously, the PI, the P thirty five PI is out there. But yeah, um, EAA Corp dot com. Um, let me put that. Let me go ahead and put that out there. In the chat, copy. I'll put the EAAs out there for you. Their website. They got all sorts of awesome stuff. Not just handguns. They got uh, different brands, and there were shotguns and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, Gerson. If you've heard of Gerson, which most of you have, phenomenal guns. And you wonder where Gerson are coming from? They're coming from EAA. So um, go check them out. Mandatory carry ten dollars. Keep fighting. Thank you for reminding me, Boomer. Uh, you're welcome, my friend. My favorite weirdo out there, mandatory carry, and I say that with love. He, he's he's different, but he's different in a good way, and he's a good person. So, and I want to say hi to Fix out there. Is Fix uh, is Fix is uh, a good person for staying with him for sure. <laughs> uh, Clove, if you were to do anything, I think he's still on vacation. I think he took that two week vacation chase. And I think he's going to turn that into uh, until shot show of next year. But if Clover, if you right. were to come back and do some shit, uh, what would something be that you could be doing? Well, podcast will kick back off what next week? So week from yeah. tomorrow. So yeah, got that going. A video dropped Friday. A video will drop this Friday. So yeah, I'm doing a little bit here next. Yep. And do you want to plug hey, thanks the for sharing. No, not, Yeah, thanks yeah. for sharing. You shared that earlier, and I haven't even went to see to over there to see. I mean, it being 
no more. Stuff I'm a baseball guy, and, and I'm also a card guy. I'm more of a baseball card than other sports. I'm a huge yeah. baseball card guy. Um, and well, it was so funny because when you started that channel a year or so ago, you and I had them very, very long conversations, and it brought back really fond, great memories know, of, right? of, yeah. of baseball cards to me. Yeah, and that's why and, I enjoy uh, it. And I love man. that. I love that. So if I you guys are into sports cards, go check out Clover Tech cards for sure. Go ahead. Well, you know, you're still into sports, right? I'm not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yep. I mean, I know some of the big names and, you know, I, I, I don't keep up, but I mean, I, obviously there's things you can't miss. Right. And right. so, but what I love about that is, is mostly the vintage stuff is mostly what I'm doing. It reminds so, you of what you were watching baseball yeah, or basketball. Were, yeah. I mean, if you grew yeah. up and watched baseball in the eighties and nineties, then yeah. you, you may enjoy that because you get to reminisce and see some of those players from back in the day. And King Griffey Jr. rookies and Jordan rookies or, you know, George well, Brett rookies. I pulled no Jordan rookies, and I won't be pulling any Jordan rookies. But <laughs> yeah, um, well, you, those, yeah, yeah. those yeah. packs are about, oh, man, I think those packs are like five figures. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. Like certified authentic. I mean, and you run a risk mm -hmm. if you don't get them certified authentic, but I think they're in the right. five figures per pack for those. So won't be any of those on the channel, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, there's certainly hall of famers. We do pull some Jordans yeah. over there from time to time. Not oh rookies, yeah. But You've had some Jordans. Yeah. You know, always, always fun. And even pulled some very interesting, uh, interesting cards. Um, there was yep. one that you remember the, uh, Lyle and Eric Menendez. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They're in the background. There actually, card was that? There's actually a card that was, um, oh, man, I can't. If you, they were in the background. In this, yeah. Mark, God, was, his first name was Mark, was a player. Is it Mark Price? Mark, Mark Price. I think it's Mark Cleveland, Price. I think it's the Mark Cleveland Price. Cavaliers. I yeah, think so. Guy. I think so. Uh, I think it's Mark Price, but in the uh, yeah, in the background of his card That's is their Lyle and Eric on the front row, and they actually mm -hmm. pulled that card in the Series 2 release. So because and, uh, of everything went on. Okay. Interesting. Well, no, but they, I don't know why they pulled it, but that, yeah, that, that was a, that was a pulled. So I, I don't remember exactly why I'm not going to lie about it, but, um, I wonder if that was about the, the same time thing, the trial started though. I'm well, saying. here's the, here's the other thing about that is how many people threw the Mark price, who cares how many people threw those cards away? Right. Yeah. And now they're the worth number of whatever, them, the number you know. of them out there because nobody really realized, Hey, that's Lyle and Eric in the front row. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then there's another one, uh, Sam, Sam something. I can't even remember now. Basketball or what? Yeah. It's basketball. Sam that, Bowie, Sam Vincent, Sam Vincent. I want to say is what it is. And it is, um, uh, we talked about this. Sam's that I knew. <laughs> they changed. They the changed three this Sam one. Were Sam Bowie, Sam Vincent, or Sam Gasell. Those yeah. are the only three Sam's that I remember in basketball. They changed, they Sam changed this also, card. Yeah. They changed this card in Series 2 as well because I told you this story. Um, somebody stole, or for whatever reason, Jordan showed up and did not have his jersey. And he played in, a what was it, number 13 or number 16 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he is in on that Sam Vincent card blocking or whatever Sam Vincent in a jersey that in a different jersey. Yeah. yeah, and because again nobody get give a crap about Sam Vincent, so a bunch right. of people threw those away. And, and if somebody jersey. realized, whoa, wait a minute, that was that time Jordan wore a different jersey, and so 
Yeah. Uh, it's just cool things like that from back in the day that, like I said, you can reminisce about. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm a big, big baseball fan. I'm a huge baseball guy, but baseball cards were a big, big part of my life. Uh, uh, from 1970, the year I was born, 1975, all the way up to 1989, I have multiple complete sets of every year of tops baseball cards. And I used to, and I have multiple, when I say like, I have multiple, it's still in the box, but I had other ones that I have put in like um, the, the binders with the individual yeah. card sleeves. And we just we did all that. Um, Clover knows a, a couple things about those cards that no one else knows. I won't bring up, but, um, but yeah, those are a big part of my life growing up. And, um there's some money wrapped up in there somewhere if i ever got a chance to look at everything but uh yeah every every baseball card from 1970 there was tops 1975 all the way 1989 um so so there's a lot of really big cards in those in those uh, sets as well since we're down the sports rabbit hole i mean fuck it let's go i had there are some people and, and again i'm not you know me. I know some of the modern names and stuff like that, but yeah, I don't. I don't sure. really follow anything. But a lot of hoopla lately, yep. um, because people were prospecting. And even you and I talked about this. Fernando Tatis Jr. Sure. Oh yep. my God! What's going on now? Like people are yep. dumping his cars left, right, and center. Man, and like, you'll be able to pick be, them up. And they're like, yep. he's going to be another Bonds. They're like, he'll never make it to the hall now. It's like prospecting on him is like done. That's what most people are saying now. But if you're if you're willing to take a chance of picking up some of those cards for on the cheap right now, I mean, you never know what happened. You know what I'm saying? This you never true. know. Uh, there was one that I was happy that I helped you with last year. Um, you got a football pack, and you were going through some, and you brought up a player that um, Michael Parsons. Yeah. Michael Parsons. Defensive I said, Now, this is like two months into the season. I said, hold on to that one because I bet you – because the way he's playing right now, he very well could win Defensive Rookie of the Year. And you're like, really? And I was like, I'm telling you, it's early, but that might be – and I think you're able to get rid of – Maybe he had multiple. I think he sold one for quite a bit of money. Did yeah, you know? I got like two hundred and fifty to three hundred bucks for that card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. out of a five dollar, you know, or ten dollar, you know, break or whatever. But I don't remember what um, it was yeah. like that. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's one of those things where uh, you never know what you're gonna have. You never know what you're gonna have. So yeah, um, there was one of the most famous baseball cards ever was a guy named Billy Ripken. And Billy Ripken was famous for two reasons and two reasons only. One, he was Cal Ripken's brother. And two, he had a baseball card. I want to say it was 84, maybe 85. 89 maybe, 85. Fleer. 89 Fleer. 89? Yeah. You sure yeah. it was 89? Anyway, so he's there's multiple versions of that card. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They they did Photoshopping before Photoshopping was around, but the original um, on the heel of the, the bat, he wrote, fuck you. No, and they face. didn't. What? Face. Face F what? Face. F face. No, the original was fuck you. No, it wasn't. It was F face. Yes. Mm, go look it up. Because uh, I've got it, up, it. But it is. It is. Again. 
Is it fuckface? I don't remember. Uh-huh. Okay, it yeah. might be fuckface. Okay, but but I have I have one of those actually. But then they came back later in the season and they like they did one of them was like a, a uh, what do you call it a a, a scribble. Well, they had another scribble. one that came out was like the blurred one of them. Uh, it was like Photoshop yeah. before Photoshop existed is right. what they did with this card. Yeah, but they, like the fact four or five, they did yeah. not catch that. Yeah, before they did not catch it originally is hilarious to me. Like I said, he's famous for two, not because he was a good player. He's Cal Ripken's brother and the, the fuck face card. Well, but there um, are, yeah. so errors are cool, right? And that's one of the things yeah. on some yeah. builders I'm always looking for. Like there's one that um, has, it's in 90 score. It's a Ryan Sandberg. And I can't remember what Ryan Sandberg played third base, right? Second. Second, second base. Okay. Close. He yeah. played second and it says third base on the card. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And there's one in that same set that's on the back. If you flip it over, it's got their number and all this. It's Bo Jackson, yeah. but it's got his number, his player number wrong. And there's some 16, even, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, it's like 25 or something is what it had. But anyway, you go back into the 80s, there's actually some cards and actually into the 90s, there's a few that have the wrong player. One of the most famous oh, yeah. is. Is a yeah, they have is wrong a, players and stats for the wrong player. Yeah. Oh, the wrong picture. It ain't even that guy. Like, yeah. there's a 90 Don Russ card. And this is interesting because they're both Hall of Famers now. But there's mm-hmm. a 1990 Don Russ baseball card that is um, Tom Glavin, his picture, but it says John Smoltz. And it's interesting because they're both Hall of Fame, right? So it's like, that's really kind and of They're cool. both with the uh, Braves at the time, I'm sure. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, they were both. Yeah, and that's probably where the mix-up occurred. But, yeah, it's clearly Tom Glavin, but it says John's Yeah. <laughs> so I want to publicly – this is this is going to hurt. God knows it's going to hurt. I'm going to publicly admit that Clover is right on this. It is Google confirmed. It is fuck face, not fuck you. Um, so I want to publicly say, Clover, I apologize for doubting you. Come on. I wouldn't have a card channel if I didn't know my vintage cards. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> now, don't ask me about the new stuff. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, uh, yeah, and I love cards, and, and especially that era. Um, yeah, if, if you like sports, it's not just baseball. He's got football, basketball. he got some hockey. he got all sorts Star of shit Wars, on that channel. Yeah. Star James Wars, Bond. yeah. Forgot all the James Bond cards, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, go I check out Clover Tech cards. Uh, yeah, Lucky Charms. If Lucky Charms ever came out with cars, he'd probably have some of those too. Yeah. Did you know they're Cheerios. doing garbage pill kids? Wait, what? They're redoing there is modern garbage pill kid cards. Yes. I did not know I that. Thought, I thought that stopped in like 85. I did not know until like three or four days ago, but I've seen some. I did I'm not going to lie, bro. I've seen some packs I had online. A ton of garbage pill kids uh, cards back too. in the day. I did too. It was the most delicious gum, by the way, in case anybody ever didn't know that. Sir, Baseball Paul, card gum was like, eh. Garbage pill kid gum I, was pretty good. I, I, I enjoyed the baseball card gum. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I don't it know, was but terrible, yeah. but you chewed it anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. I pulled. So, so last season or last year, whatever you want to call it, right? 
uh, I pulled, and I think I did it live. And some folks out there listening, they may be, they maybe even they joined me. I don't remember. I know we had a few people live, but I had a pack of '89 Bowman that we ripped, and I made the stupid thing like, oh, if we pull the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie, I'll chew the gum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what? Guess what came up? And I'm going to tell you what, that was a weird experience with 1989, however many years old that is, gum. Um, it was no longer gum. It was basically just like dissolved in your mouth. It was almost like one of them Listerine strips. It was weird. Just in case Snob hadn't noticed, I cut the hair, buddy. His hair is no more. So um, I'm back to a normal normal. Middle-aged man's haircut. <laughs> well, I haven't seen you freaking since SHOT Show. No, I saw you at the gathering. Gathering's the last time I saw you, so it's been March. So, yeah, I cut it off about a month or so ago. I got tired of it. But, yeah. Anyways, all right, God. we're getting out of here. Uh, one's why I got to piss bad. Um, but, two, we've been going on for two hours and 47 minutes. There's still 11 people watching this shit, this train wreck. Uh, good Lord. Um, if you're, if you're in replay or in podcast form, you made it this far, God bless you. Uh, God bless you. But yeah, thank you so much, Chase Clove. Thanks for coming in as always. Chase, I hope you, uh, get back home safely without any delays and, uh, get to relax a little bit. Clove, I hope you don't get to relax because hell your, your life is a vacation. So, uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. Um, as always, Chase is always, always ha like having you. The battle pup says hi. Um, more importantly, get out there and be more proficient with your firearms. Take someone new to the range. Make sure that they have a fun, safe first experience. They could become our allies. More importantly, guys, enjoy your freedoms that we have as an American, including those to keep and bear arms. We'll see you soon. Simplify.